The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother, let's... Roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Welcome in, Panther fans. It's another edition of the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Tonight's show, do the Carolina Panthers have a newfound confidence? We'll see if the Carolina Panthers can play spoiler. Houston, does Chicago have a problem? And is that problem Carolina going on a run? Well, if nine points in a single game has encouraged me to think it's possible, then I encourage you to also think it's possible. Man, I feel like a winner. Hey. I feel like a winner. It's Tuesday, 9 p.m., longest-running Panthers podcast. It's been a long slog of a season. The Panthers are 2-12, and 12, but one of those two wins came last week against the Atlanta Falcons, and if there's a team that you want to beat, for me, it is the Atlanta Falcons. And I have found some joy in watching those fan video misery of them ready to burn down their house because Carolina rained on their parade. Hey, let's chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. What's up, Cody? Oh, man, let me tell you, anytime that my Carolina Panthers, our Carolina Panthers beat the Atlanta Falcons, Bro, it's a good week. I don't give a damn what nobody says. Uh, look, man, it's a Tuesday night. There's nowhere in the world I'd rather be than here with my boys talking Carolina Panthers. And we have a big show tonight, man. Even when there's nothing going on, we've got a big show. <laughs> We're going to talk about the abysmal attendance in Bank of America Stadium. We're going to talk about Bryce Young having his best game of the season. We're going to preview this Packers game a little bit, talk about that, why this defense is still surprisingly so good yet so bad at the same time. I know CK's got some thoughts about it, but, man, we're going to do it with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony. You know them and love them. It's our guy, Panther Pickle, Aiden Guthrie, Joey the Blind Panther. What's up, buddy? Uh, The brand ambassador, Diesel Skills. What's up, bro? Kobe Griffin. Easy did that. Harvey London, Hemlock. How about that freaking Puerto Rican in the chat room? Joe Riolano, we love to see you, brother. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, Kristen Ladane, taking a break from wrapping gifts to join us tonight. What's up, Kristen? Mr. Strats, our Python muscles marinara. What's up, brother? Uh, Promise QS Panda, Rare Gamer 99, Roosevelt Mongo, the Jadarius Experience. And Tim Estes, 
Turn it done. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Lush roll. If you love the Carolina Panthers, hate the Atlanta Falcons, stand up and jump on that thumbs up button right now. Subscribe to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're live every Tuesday night here after every game. But we rock and roll all throughout the year. We're taking your calls tonight at 252-228-5098. CK, um, man, I would say this is that for one moment we got a respite from the Bryce Young discussion, but then everybody took a breath and went right back to it. Uh, But, hey, we've got a glimpse of some decent football. I was listening to the post-game show that we did today when I was Ubering people around at one point, and you said, man, it was nice to see people play some good football. The Panthers may not have scored a lot of points this past week, but they played some good football, special teams, defense, and late drive march led by Bryce Young. How are you feeling a couple of days removed? Are you feeling still good as a winner? Yeah, dude. Uh, I have uh, no complaints about what what I feel at this point. I was willing to actually go and look at uh, Panthers media and uh, the NFL websites and just kind of see what's going on there. I wasn't looking for Panthers related content, but I wasn't just trying to escape football uh, for a short period of time. And so um, I think that's always a positive when you can come away from a week feeling like we really don't have as much to complain about as we usually would. And uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I, whereas I think that there's still the discussion and there's still people at each other's throats. I think this has allowed people to actually kind of go and, and, and get upset at other people about other things, i.e. something that we'll talk about a little bit later. But, um, <laughs> man, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a good day, man. It's been a good week, and, and having it uh, coalesce right before a holiday, it's always a good thing. want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, and um, we will have a show. I guess the next show will be the day after Christmas, so we'll have one before the new year. We'll have a post-game show in there as well. Um, So thank you guys for your support, for all the people in the chat. Again, you can support the podcast by smashing that thumbs up button, subscribing, checking us out on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review, rate us there, and uh, maybe consider being a C3 super fan for just $1.99 a month or supporting the podcast in any other way monetarily that you see fit. Let's jump into the show um i went to confession tonight guys because it's the last opportunity for us catholics or at least this was the yeah i think it's the last opportunity before christmas masses begin on saturday and i want to open the confessional to panther fans i think for the first time we're going to confess some optimism or at least not just dreariness in this situation as the Carolina Panthers, I guess, have found I you know what I'm taking that back. Are we am I holding on too much to just a nine seven win as optimism? This newfound confidence. We have won two the Carolina Panthers have won two games. They I'm sitting here, I feel like it's like this is it's just like I got some scraps off the table and I feel fed. Yeah, I mean, look, we beat the Falcons. Anytime we beat the Falcons, like we said, it's a good week. Um, and, yeah, listen, did Desmond Ritter throw an interception 
to give us the ball back right at the end of the game when they were driving? Yeah, he did. Did we fail to score an offensive touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, we did. But you know what, Tony? The good thing about not having a first-round pick this next draft is that now we don't have to hear the fan base bitch the fact that we won, and they're like, oh, we messed up our draft pick. Uh, no, dude, we don't even have one. So who cares, man? Right, right. Right now, we're playing for that 34th pick in the draft. Um, I mean, listen, man, you have to hold on to a W as many times as you can with these current Panther teams. And, Tony, let's be real. One of the biggest reasons why Panther fans are feeling good about it is they felt like they saw a little something, something from Bryce Young finally, man. Bryce Young had his best game uh, of his rookie season. He had the 78.0 PFF grade versus Atlanta. He had a game-winning drive to bring the Panthers down the field and uh, get them in the scoring range for Eddie Pinheiro to win the game for us. That's right. Kickers do win and lose games. Uh, but Bryce Young also played a big part in this. And uh, a lot of fans are feeling like they've had some questions answered. We've been talking about, did Bryce answer any questions in his rookie season? And a lot of people feel like, okay, well, scratch off the weather game off the list because Bryce was able to move the ball. He was able to make some nice I throws. I never even thought of it like that until you brought it up. Well, we've been, oh, dude, this has been the big topic of discussion on Twitter. Again, me being a hater, right? Uh, I'm of the mindset that this didn't necessarily prove that Bryce uh, has the arm in a bad weather football game, but it didn't hurt it either, man. I mean, he mounted the game winning drive. Uh, how are we feeling about Bryce Young? Did that boost everyone's confidence about Bryce? Did you feel a little bit better about him moving into next year, especially in that second half? Did anybody get to see this clip floating around about, uh, where Chris Long is talking about context and how it matters? No. Okay, uh, so I can pull that up if you'd like me to. I, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I just. I mean, I don't know if we'll get ding for it or not. I don't. Not real. Probably. Not you know, true. and he said this is that that he had, he was asked a question about like what's the one thing that kind of bothers him the most about media coverage or I forget how the question was posed. And he went into saying this is that that we make a lot of conclusions based on, you know, kind of almost anecdotal evidence rather than looking contextually at what's going on. And he referenced a lot of interesting points from whether, um, you know, how they focus on sacks too much for defensive linemen, um, how you could look at. For instance, maybe Christian McCaffrey doing so well and just assume that he could do that in other situations. You then looked at, he referenced, he brought up C.J. Stroud, who he did say, look, he believes he's one of hims, like a him, a guy, like the guy, mm-hmm. like a dude, that a dog. But he said, you know, you should, and he said he's not necessarily def- – defending Bryce or even really trying to get too much into the Bryce Young thing, but just that the context of what's going on around Bryce Young on on that squad also affects him. Now, the one thing I think was great about this is I felt like, look, I saw a lot of Panther fans referencing this and like, look, here's another example of a dude who knows football, knows ball, telling you guys how you don't know ball. 
Now that already irritated me, but I felt like this is that if you're going to talk to us or maybe I'm, I mean, I don't want to over defend our podcast. We're long form. We're long form. This is is not uh, a, Hey, let's take a, um, you know, we got third, we got two minutes of airtime to get our points out there. And we're going to make one like law, like one, big, strong, overarching statement without context. I think, if anything, this is a show where context matters a ton. And we sometimes over-debate the context to the point where we forget we're talking about the context. But I bring this up because Bryce Young, in in, in really, uh, really horrendous conditions, right? I mean, if you think about the wind and the rain in that game. Those are conditions that you really can't make them much worse, right? The only thing is, I mean, I guess you could do snow and rain. Like, I mean, it's windy, it's rain. It's not conducive for throwing the football. It's not conducive for a stat line that's going to make you feel sexy or a sexy stat line. In fact, uh, I heard someone mention this today is that the reason they only ran four receivers in that lineup and we're thinking about Terrace Marshall Jr. in some of that context potentially was, hey, we're not going to be throwing the ball a lot. We're going to be running the ball a lot. We need all our running backs available. We need all the linemen available. And so there's some context for this. But I think what we saw here is that what we what we truly hope or or, or what we believed, and that is, with good circumstances or decent circumstances, particularly protection, that Bryce Young can get it done, right? I mean, he can thrive. Now, I don't. He didn't go take over the game, you know. He didn't go and do something that uh, made him go. Well, it's undecidedly clear that he's a game changer and this and that. But we have not seen Bryce Young in an opportunity where we get to judge him without going, Oh, this poor guy has no receivers. This poor guy has no offensive line. The Panthers offensive line gave him some protection. And I think if we could just see that over more than just a quarter, more than just a couple of drives and maybe even more than just a couple, one or two games, then we could right. really start to feel, hey, can this guy develop some rhythm? Can the Panthers do some things? And I just don't think it's as bad as it has been, but I'm not necessarily going, hey, everything's solved. Look, Bryce Young can play well in this league. I know he can. It's just a question of can the Carolina Panthers get it right to help him thrive? And right now, I think that's the bigger fear than Bryce Young's ability is can the Carolina Panthers assemble a team that can give us enough time to get him to a place where he can become a him, become a dog. Right. See, I'm going to let you go next, but real quick, I want to make sure we get these super chats. Uh, Jerry with the 499 uh, says, Bryce is the hit of the draft. Stroud is coach dependent. Kingham had 229 yards as a backup. Richardson is injury prone. Levis is good, but not elite. 
So somebody's seeing the upside of Bryce compared to his other rookie contemporaries. And the rare gamer with the $5 says our success with power gap run teams uh, suggests upgrading interior O-line in 2024 for a stronger performance and a resurgence of the keep pounding culture. That's another discussion I wanted us to have later. But uh, yeah, go off of what uh, Tony said, CK. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the the part of this, and I think we said this after the Texans game, um, it didn't answer the question, right? It It still left a bit of a, you know, I can almost, I can, it's sort of like if you have COVID, right? And you lost all taste. Like there's a part you can almost taste, but it's not like, it's not gone entirely, but you know, whatever you're tasting tastes good, right? You just don't get that full flavor profile that you would be normally accustomed to because you're dealing with something else impacting that. Um, I think that's what you're dealing with when you see performances like this from Bryce, right? You're seeing the potential start to uh, arise. What I think you're ultimately hoping this would do is build his confidence and allow him to start doing what he did in that game. And that is trust his guys, you know, trust his guys to go after the ball. Um, I think he lost that trust early in the year because there, a lot of those interceptions we saw were off of lazy route running, you know, that we, we, we saw bad decisions by Bryce. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything off of him from that perspective, but when he did throw those balls to those guys to try to allow them to go after the ball, they didn't. And the opposing defense did. And that fell on Bryce's shoulders. Um, and so I think there is a there could be a trust component that he's going to have to start trying to get back, especially now that you're seeing DJ Chark make that type of a catch. You're seeing Mingo not necessarily completely fail at all levels like he had been all year. Um, no, he's he actually a, strung a couple of decent games together. Right. And, and, and he's been fighting for those balls. I mean, there was a, there was one where I think that it looked like he just gave up entirely on a ball, but it was that's that's beside the point. Um, but he's got he's I, I think these guys are fighting a little bit more, and uh, I think he's that that confidence and seeing what they were willing to do um, in the rain uh, when their backs were against the wall, having to drive down the field for eighty seven yards. Um, I think that that that's something that you're hoping he can build off of instead of the constant, you know, can I trust Mingo not to just run the laziest route ever. Can I trust that, you know, Thielen's going to have the speed in this one to actually make it to where I'm throwing the ball, it, it, things like that. Cody, you mentioned in the post-game show that you didn't think Bryce was the story in this game, and I agree with you, too, because the defense really put this team in a position to win or in any position. But I think there are one thing I – and to give some context to this or what I'm trying to say with Bryce and like CK said, is that, you know, you didn't answer any, you know, you haven't solidified and answered questions fully by any means and nor can you in one game or one season. Let me just be clear about this is I don't care if Bryce didn't have, it doesn't have any good games or anything like that. I don't think in one season you can make a referendum on a player of such an important and difficult position as it is at quarterback. But this was the first game, Cody, where it didn't feel like that the Bryce sexuals had to scrap and claw for a reason of why he wasn't part of the problem. 
right? Is right. that right. Bryce was not whatever problems you wanted yeah. to give this team on this game. And I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say is like maybe he could have done some more or something at some point, but I don't think given the no turnovers, no turn, right, no the ball turnovers. Over. He was high a positive. High completion he had, percentage. He was throwing the ball down the field and actually connecting with receivers. Um, I again, there's. I don't think that there's much you can. To Tony's point, I don't think that's the benefit of this game. Is there's nothing that you can put on. Like when we talk about they didn't, they still didn't score a touchdown. You can't put that on Bryce. Uh, dropped. Yeah. You can't put that on Bryce. Didn't at go all. forward and uh, at the end and a dropped one. I just felt like being object. Uh, that we've gotten that polarized Bryce Young discussion so much where you have the player, the people that say he sucks, that the blah, 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 he's a butt, whatever. And then you have the other people that say, oh, fuck now, he's elite, all of this to the extreme. This was a game that finally said this is like, I almost want to say a non-story. Bryce was well, a non-story in a good way. Is that That's was, what I'm saying. Like yeah, when, I, when, I agree. I, when, I, when I say that like he wasn't, he wasn't the reason that we won. He wasn't the reason that we lost. Bryce played well, and he has played better uh, even compared to what he has in recent games. So it was that marginal incremental improvement. And again, he in my in my mind, he wasn't the story of the game. He was. I do uh, agree with CK. Game, I do agree with CK story. that he was part of the. He was part of the reason we won, right? Like this was one of those games where he was part of the reason we did well and he wasn't part of the reasons we didn't do well, which is all check, 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 check. Right. Like that isn't that exactly what you're when you say again, game manager, which I here's the thing. I think that when you draft a guy like Bryce, that's almost what you're drafting, right? You're not drafting somebody who's got this super athletic, like he's gonna power over guys or what have you. Um, I don't, and I don't I, like Cam said. I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, I think that game manager have an important piece, and honestly, uh, I, I think they've been more successful in this league than the game changers have been in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when you look at the overarching theme of what's what's going on, except outside of Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean it, that's that's what he didn't. We didn't. The negatives of the team were not on Bryce. The positives on the team were a contributor because of Bryce. Right. But there there was other pieces that were able to lift him up and he was able to lift other people up. Um and uh and on this team with Bryce, as Tony always says about other content creators in the Panthers uh you know content creator fa- uh, you know interface here is a, a rising tide lifts all boats. And so when when you start to see these wide receivers play about better, you start to see Bryce play better. When you start to see the O line play better, you start to see Bryce play better. And so once you can kind of build all this around him and we can have a team of cohesion, I think you're going to see exactly why we drafted him number one overall. It's just absolutely sickening, though, that it took 14 games for for us to even have this conversation. For a level it. of competence on this team now. And, and mind you, that the team didn't even score a touchdown. They didn't even score 10 points. And yes, there are factors to consider why that was the case, but it felt like the entire reason you dra- you hired a Frank Reich in the first place was to get this just type of product earlier, which is just a little bit more professional 
it really shouldn't have been like this. Is it really should not have been the case that Bri- that Bryce Young that no position group was better than Bryce Young or better capable from day one. Like it's like you're like it, it's almost like an entire team of rookies. <laughs> like it's like an entire team of undrafted rookies out there. It was pretty. It's just maddening to me that it took 14 games to get to a level of competence where you saw multiple things click. And I don't even need it to be on both sides of the ball at once. It's just the fact that you had one game where Bryce played well, the offensive line weight played well. It took 14 weeks. It's fucking it took, it bizarre. Took 14 weeks, but the way I look at it is, like even though we didn't score a touchdown, which easily could have been turned around, right? Different decisions from coaching and what have you. Again, we were in the red zone two or two times where we ran it on fourth and one and wasn't able to uh, make it happen. Um, and, and so there, there, there were points on the board that were left there because of certain decisions that um, you know we can go back and critique as a Monday morning quarterback, as they say. Um, but I, listen, I, I think the most the 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 best part about what happened this week is. It felt like the people that are, I wouldn't say even anti Bryce, the overly critical of Bryce were able to actually say, okay, so we, we have the question we're no longer just on the bust side of Bryce young. We moved that back towards a bit closer to center and now, okay, now we move forward into a new year and let's see what happens now. Yeah, it was. And we finally just got, um, I guess a couple of quarters of it strung together instead of a couple of plays. Yeah. Couple, all right. Um, right. And it's also one of those things where neither side of the debate, if you're a Bryce Young lover or a Bryce Young hater, you're not really picking this performance for anything. Right. Like it was, right. it, it, it was, it was a good performance where Bryce did some good things, but it was also not a breakout moment where everybody could unanimously say, Oh, Carolina has a star on their hands waiting at number one. And again, if you want to take that from that performance, that's fine. You're allowed to. Um, I just don't think, and I know Thielen dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone, but I don't think that you can look at this performance and say, bro, this is the same thing like, you know, uh, when CJ Stroud threw five touchdowns or Will oh, Levis no. threw for 300 yards. And it's yeah, not I think it would be unrealistic. Guys. In yeah, the conditions, I think I think it uh, it's unrealistic in the conditions, but I think what it does more than anything is it shows you how important the other pieces in an offense playing well it dictates quarterback play. You know, the ability to not have the pressure in your face every single time you drop that drop back helps tremendously in making sure you're able to get the ball into your receiver's hands. Making sure your receivers are actually catching the ball when you're throwing it to them, even in a monsoon, helps tremendously in making Bryce look like he's playing well. Um, and he didn't start out perfect. I mean, no. if he's 18 from 20 for 24, those six incompletions, I had feel to like in the had, first quarter. Yeah. Like it felt like there were some moments where it was just like typical, like, Oh, are we ever going to connect on a play? I'm going to be interested how it feel, to see that. You like, know, I, I would be interested to see like outside of the first quarter, once he got his bearings in the water and the rain and all that stuff, how he performed. Cause I'm going to go look at the game book and see, yeah, those play by play. The speed. other, the other thing, as you do that, is, and this would be a good way to kind of build on Kev's question. Kev asked, if the defense doesn't get that interception, what would we yeah, be saying we, about? I mean, but, 
Bryce's game. And I think, that's, you know what? You could take five. You the same thing. You could take five completions off the board, though. He would have been 13 for what? Uh, take uh, five attempts out of there. 13 yeah, for 19. I mean, even, even still, it, it's like even if we lost, this performance wasn't that much outside of the range of what we're normally used to seeing. No, we and would it, not have gone. Oh, you. What we would have ult- you're right. Actually, you're just we right. right. We, we wouldn't have said if that happened, we would not have said that Bryce law was Bryce was not the reason why we lost that game. And, and then you would have like, a bunch of people that would say he was also not the reason though that we won. Right, that we could, right, you know. right. 100%. But his last I think this is the only thing that takes him outside of the game manager role to me. Right is um, or could be first. I don't think I don't like any of these. There's no evidence for either of them. No, I don't like any of these discussions where we use elite before players have been elite. Right. Like calling JC. It used to drive me nuts when everybody called JC Horn elite. I would say he had a potential to be an elite player. But until you're in the league doing this for a long time on a consistent level. I mean, look, just because Coney Ely had one of the best games in the history of football in the Super Bowl, yeah, it does mean he's not an elite player. fucking player yeah. because, yeah. right? So I think the one thing, though, is that if Bryce isn't going to be categorized as elite or game changer because of his physical skill set of arm strength, speed, whatever it is, there is an elite trait that we hope that people have been trying to identify. And I think they tagged Bryce with it early. And that is clutch, the clutch gene, the Tom Brady gene, the Patrick Mahomes gene. In fact, to be honest, look, is Patrick Mahomes can throw a lot off platform. He's got a good arm and stuff like this, but his super trait is this. That shit is never over, bro. That game is never over. Is that if there's a time for them to go to any time, this motherfucker just feels it flows. It flows through him like the force. Uh, it's like a Star Wars thing. The force is strong in that one. And as people have watched quarterbacks with that, it factor to them and that it factor has clearly been beyond just physical traits. That's why I think they drafted Bryce, the clutch gene. And you've seen, I don't, I mean, I don't call it clutch because entirely, but it's like, look, fourth quarter when the, the thing mattered, he did it in the Houston game. He did this when he was part of the solution, not crumbling under the pressure. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I would like to think that our opinion would be that across the board, winning or losing, like it was it was around what we expected from Bryce. I mean, this was not an offensive blew you away, but it also, you know, it won when it needed to. You know, well, so and, and a lot of the reasons so, for barely. the the drives <laughs> that stalled out, by the way, like the, some of, a lot of those reasons. Uh, luckily, I don't think we were overly penalized, which is good news. But the issues that we were having came actually in the run game. Uh, when we would run the game, run the ball, Miles Sanders was consistently getting loss of seven yards. And, and, and trying to play a third down on 17 is next to impossible, right? There was, I was just going through that book, and, and three of his incompletions were in the first quarter, Tony, by the way. Okay. But 
the amount of like, I mean, there were some false starts that, you know, obviously started Joff in a bad position. Um, but there was a sack that ended one uh, that caused that was a field goal. Um, you know, that that we had we had gotten it down to like the four yard line. And uh, I think uh, there was another sack that got taken. Uh, there was a 10 yard penalty. We were third and eight. And then um, Gabe Jackson had an offensive holding um, after uh, Young's passed it for 26 yards to DJ Chark um, down to the 12 of Atlanta that ended up causing us to punt from the Atlanta 48. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of these, when you look at them, it's just very bad timing. Um, you know, that's caused this to that our, our, our offense not to be able to really score when they should have been able to score. Um, and, and that, that's, that's just little things that I think that they can clean up with personnel and with, uh, better uh, scheming from a coaching perspective, but um, I listen. I'm not even fretting over that nine, the nine points. I think that there was a lot of points that were left out on the on the field due to just dumb mistakes. I'm fretting because there's nothing necessarily to jump for joy about. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. people like uh, you know we won, right? It's like yeah, we won against the Falcons. Number one, number two, it was our second win of the season. Number three, the team only had 200 yards of offense or 240 yards of offense yes all of these fucking mitigating circumstances but we didn't get to go out there and just say we smoke these bitches no it now, wasn't like 2015 when we won like 35 to zero yeah not, now, not, not the same thing let's go to the super chat because i do want yeah. to talk about the play calling Briefly, uh, yeah. as CK brings that up, brought that so up. We'll start with this one then. Uh, BG says, Let's be honest, he will never be worth the number one overall pick. All right, Ouch. appreciate you, BG. Uh, and then our boy, Mr. Strat, says, But Tony, I got the data, showed it on Twitter. Rank wasn't calling under center, Rank wasn't calling deep shots. It's really three games we should look at. What at all the Thomas Brown games, is he saying? I mean, I, I think that's I, being overly yeah. complimentary to Thomas Brown in this. And while I'm not trying to defend Frank Rank, I think that that the problems that were facing this team were so systemic on that. Now that does fall on Frank Reich. <laughs> he was the head coach, and he doesn't have a job anymore because of it. But it's not like the play calling in this game was just taking advantage of all this shit that the Falcons had because. There were five punts in a row or something like that in the first half. Yeah. To me, it's not as much about taking shots and be some of this is sequencing. And I maybe that's a word I'm not I'm I just sound, think sounds cool. But it's like, how do you pass on first down or third down or the timing of that? And I felt like Every time we tried to get aggressive in the first quarter and it didn't work out. And then once we had missed that opportunity on that aggressiveness, then we tried to play it safe and go, oh, well, we're going to run the ball here in these situations. But the Falcons at that point knew. Right. They knew they knew. And it really just felt unpredictable uh, it felt predictable and sure. predictable because it had to and it almost kind of shows you some of those greatest play callers that we love to put out there Shanahan and this and that they know how early on to put teams on their heels and yeah. what happens when the Panthers try to do that and fail then teams don't 
to have to get on their heels. And so I really think this is, I didn't think that the game was called all that great by Thomas Brown in the first half. And I think he got away from going under center in that first quarter. Like he started out in that first drive and right out the gate, you had an eight yard run to Chuba or whatever it was. And then he got away from it. And I, if anything, I guess my credit or kudos to Thomas Brown is going in at halftime and kind of self-searching there and making the adjustment to, um, I guess, find ways to better sequence, to better call those runs, and maybe to do more under center. I think, though, it's not like all of a sudden I went, oh, fucking Frank Reich's the problem. Thomas Brown is being held back. This team, uh, they did what they needed to do every game this year which is when ugly, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, there was no, this team was never in the shape to win and look cool doing it. Right. They needed to win. And you know what is that there wasn't the grit on this team early on or at all yet. I don't even know if they have it other than just this game, the grit to win ugly. This is the only game that we can build on and they need to build on. But guys, we said that after the Houston game too. Well, also in the Houston game, it was a game winning kick that won that one. It yeah, game winning. But that's that, grit. That, You're doing it ugly. Just, you right, know what I'm saying? What we don't need to win cool. Is we can win nine to you seven. Have no other yeah. yeah, you have to win. You have to win football games that way because you're literally not built to do anything else. Um, and uh, look, shout out to David Newton, who always does such a wonderful job at wording things in just the perfect fashion and manner. So the ESPN reporters do their own power rankings things. Uh, again, we're 32, and he says, we're number one in fewest fourth quarter plays with a lead. Um, the number is zero. Uh, this is how the team has an NFL worst record. It's an odd stat because of Carolina's wins, including Sunday against Atlanta, came on walk-off field goals. The Panthers are also tied uh, for first and successful two-point conversions, uh, two for two, that's 100%, but having no plays with the lead in the fourth quarter pretty much sums up this He's season. not wrong. No, I've been you telling you, David Newton. On this team. I want, I am so sick of the David Newton slander. I'm I'm at the point where I think he's the best reporter on the East Coast. I think he's the best reporter in Panther history mm-hmm. right now. I am a David Newton fan. In fact, uh, after was it uh, what was the game we we lost before the week before the Falcons? It was on the road, the Titans or something. And uh, someone caught a soundbite in the live press co- conference or whatever. And it said, I guess the only thing that could make this worse is if the plane crashed on the way home (laughs) and uh, somebody goes, oh, I wonder who said that. And I was like, I know it's David Newton saying that is like, but (laughs) he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong, dude. He is not wrong here is the Carolina Panthers. While we're trying to find any glimmer of hope, both of these two wins and this terrible they haven't led. I'm almost crazy. I'm almost surprised they've led at, at halftime any game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, about.
you're hopeful about that you're going to be able to put some players on this team and hopefully make this offense more explosive. Uh, by the way, shout out to our boy, Anthony. Uh, later on, we're going to talk about some uh, kind of some breaking news of a rumor that he may have unearthed about uh, who might be in consideration to be the Panthers next GM. So, Ooh. Yeah, he's going to bring up an Anthony from Charlotte, tonight. C3 Anthony. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, okay. The one and the only. He brings it up in the cat calls tonight. Uh, Ooh, I like uh, this uh, comment by Stephen Bailey. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, Derek Brown's the best player on our team right now, and it's not even up for discussion. Can, the, if we're going to talk about PFF and where they ranked Bryce, they didn't even have, I don't trust that at all. Even though I like that that ranking of Bryce, uh, sure we can put that up too while you're talking. They about had it. they had they had five other players on defense ahead of Derrick Brown, and two oh. of them were defensive linemen that you wouldn't even know their names if you saw their numbers. Yeah, he's literally not even in the top five of PFF. PFF has Troy Hill uh, in order: Troy Hill. Jatura Gross Matos, Nick Thurman. How does Nick Thurman have a better he grade? Make a, he made tackle? a couple of good run stops or yeah, something. But it like was like Brian Burns had more more impact on this game than I think uh, any of these guys did, uh, outside of maybe Troy Hill, where he was able to draw, knock that ball loose uh, from uh I didn't Robinson. even know this Chris Wormley yeah. dude Chris played. Wormley? Yeah, dude, get the fuck out, uh, dude. Well, I mean, I think, too, they have some sort of equation probably that they're trying to see if they have any plays that they mark as, a, like, a loss, right? Like, so they go, oh, you have went, you won this play, you affected this play, this is worth this. But maybe there was a negative play that brought, you know, maybe Nick Thurman didn't have the one negative play, or maybe they graded I agree, though. Here's the deal. What I want to go and say this is, you know, I have been a fan of getting ahead of contractual burdens, um, particularly beating the inflation, the natural inflation in numbers. What would happen? What do you think? Is it out of the realm of possibility that the Panthers extend Derek Brown before they mess with Brian no, Burns. No, not at all. I mean, I don't know what the actual possibility of it is, but the damn sure should. Uh, he's he's by far the best player on the team. By the way, PFF is like a holy textbook. Either you adhere to it stringently and strictly, and it can do no wrong, or it's a bunch of propaganda meant no, to fool you. No, it, no, that's you're wrong, Cody. It isn't a one or the other. It is whatever suits your needs in that moment. Right. That's what I've always said. Everybody picks and choose when they love and hate PFF. If it backs up your argument, boy, you love PFF. It, if it doesn't, ah, they're trash and they're shit. My thing is, is I take it with a grain of salt, just like you would anyone else's evaluation. At the end of the day, it's people giving out a grade based on what they are viewing on film. Objective. It doesn't, yeah. yeah. It doesn't necessarily make it any better or worse. Uh, than anyone else's, and I put it uh, in the in the show just because it makes a good conversation point. Like, uh, okay, the number one graded player on the Panthers' offense was indeed Bryce Young at seventy eight point zero. How about this? And this is something that I want to spend at least a moment talking about. Uh, Gabe Jackson, <laughs> right guard, uh, literally had one of the best right right guard performances. Uh, of the year for us, man. It had a 72.2 uh, 
dude, I'm, I'm all for some good offensive line play. Uh, this is a good signing by the Carolina Panthers. And it really does make you wonder about next year. Like, how different is this offensive line going to look? Um, and it even it better of- look fucking completely revamped. I don't give me one game in the rain with by Gabe Jackson and all of a sudden say, Oh, we got an answer or this or that. Look, the Panthers look, those conditions they benefit offensive linemen, they benefit them more than they benefit defensive linemen. They benefit that's the only position group that likes rain and mud and mean running games. I think this is whoever Gabe Jackson is, and he only played what this past week or whatever. He did play yeah, he was only squad. Is that thankfully we just got a fucking semi competent performance by this offensive line. And to be honest, it's really hard to judge them when you're only when the conditions are one thing and you're really not putting yourself in a position because the other team isn't ahead by a lot or whatever to get after the quarterback on their end. I would just say it's happy to not see this guard have a 40 grade. That's the pleasant thing. We're not going out. (laughs) Fuck this is I don't even know if anybody other than Moten Icky and Bozeman, who we or Cor- Corbett, like we Brady need all, Christensen. Yeah, but I want like four more people too. Well, uh, it's it's even sparked the conversation that we can kind of go into right now, and I can put a poll up in the chat. Is what is a bigger need at pick uh thirty three, wide receiver or offensive lineman? <laughs> lineman. Why yeah, I, I I agree. I've been saying, look, you guys can attest to this. I've been saying it forever that in today's NFL, nothing is more important than your interior offensive line. Nothing, especially if you have a smaller quarterback. Uh, the blueprint has been laid out for this with the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees and what they did for years. Even when they went seven and nine, three years in a row, they always had elite protection for uh, for Drew Brees to be able to be successful and run that offense. And you're going to have to do that with Bryce. I mean, no matter what kind of quarterback you think he is, if he doesn't have an adequate level of protection, everything is dead on arrival. You cannot depend on him making plays outside of the pocket um, all the time. It's just, it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, and by the way, that was, I said that was one of the benefits of Bryce Young being a smaller quarterback because it thereby forces your your team to continuously build upon and invest in that offensive line. The opposite Cam so, Newton effect. So right. here's here's my alternative argument for this. Um, number one, I think that, and we'd have to look at the free agent class of offensive linemen that might be available, but we've been decimated by injury. Brady Christensen as much shit as Cody gets for him, uh, because he has he was so high on him, you know, at, at pretty much any position that he played, that dude was a was a building block on that offensive line. Um, Taylor Moten has, you know, where we see that there's some issues from time to time. He's been a he's been steady. He's I've been waiting for his decline, CK, and, it and it's just happen. not happening. Yeah. Um. And and when we look at uh, you know, even Austin Corbett, was he still getting rust off when he was trying to get back into the swing of things? Sure. But when he played last year, he still played pretty decent. 
Bradley Bozeman got a contract extension for a reason, right? Um, I don't think we're seeing this offensive line play well, but just because we have shit offensive linemen, I think Iki Aquanu took a step back because the other people on that offensive line took a step back because he's lost. And he might not be good. He might not be good in that position. And maybe they move him over to left guard. Who knows? Um, You know, as Cody's a proponent of. Um, So I don't necessarily say draft an offensive lineman at 33. I think with as deep as a wide receiver class as we have coming up out of the draft, per the people that are draft heads, I don't know anything about this. Um, I just think you got to go after one of these guys um, as a wide receiver. We've, we, we've trade like we just, one of the biggest complaints you can see when you watch film is our wide receivers aren't elite. Like there's nothing about our wide receivers that comes across as that dude's always getting open. That dude's always doing this. That dude's always doing this. He's got crisp route running. I mean, heck, even our best receiver in Adam Thielen had a 48% or 50% uh, or a 50 grade in, in PFF. He's right? supposed to be the third receiver on this team, though, CK. Like, is the fact that Thielen is doing well statistically and been so important to this team is actually a disservice to Bryce and Adam Thielen in so many ways is I don't know, CK, if you can get somebody that is that, what you're talking about, in the second round immediately, oh, I, right? And it's not right. that like, you can't find a guy well, in the second, They do third. it all the time. No, that have- becomes that, but not from week one. I'm sorry, you can make a guy that makes a difference on a team maybe, but to get to the guy that you're talking about is – like route running athlete. Those are either in the top 10 or they take time to develop. I mean, sure. some of the best receivers that are, that are playing in the game today were later than second right. round. When pick. you look at but that list, not their wild. rookie year. Yeah. Their rookie year. Yeah. Puka Nakua. He was a fifth round pick last year and he's like on track to break rookie receiving records. Tony, do, do, what you sound like, is a jaded Panther fan because it's possible, but you're just not used to the Panthers doing it. And no one is because that finding those rookies that come in and they just instantly become a contributing factor to the team. Let's be real. That doesn't happen much for us. So I'm not even blaming you. It's like, why would you even expect that to happen for us? I think if you look across at first, I think if you look across league history though, is to count on a guy to do that is foolish, right? Is to hope that a guy that you can get like a, um, right. let's say a downs or whatever can come in and be all of a sudden way more than you expected, but to count on him. And if your offensive plan of creating explosive or is creating a better scenario for Bryce Young and putting weapons around him is drafting a wide receiver in the second round, and it doesn't turn out to be great. The Aren't you going to be like for, the same is true for an offensive lineman, probably more so for an offensive lineman. But I think you said this is you could go, Hey, we got Christensen. We've got icky. We've got some pieces. And then you draft these guys that are in that can, you are hoping to be rotational players to start that might, be more than that uh, sooner than later, I think. And the other thing is, is look at some of these teams that really have thrived 
in the past is another thing. I think if you move Icky to guard, you go out and you get a top tier, the best left tackle option that's out there. Look at what the Rams did when they added, what was it? Remember Andrew Whitworth or White, whatever that dude's name was, who was who had three or four years left in him. Uh, the Chargers got Okung. You know, I don't know. Is Do we have time for Icky to develop into that? I don't know. I think we need to accelerate the offensive line play. Fuck, I don't know. How do you win? But my thing is this, Tony. Like, what you're talking about with receiver, that you shouldn't expect a guy that you draft in the third or fourth round to come in and be a game changer. You can hope. Well, you're right. But to me, that's even more true for the offensive line. Because if you have a good offensive lineman coming to the draft, a lot of teams covet those players in the first round just because of how important their offensive line is. So I think that the chances of a game-changing old lineman even falling to the second round, again, not saying that it doesn't or that it can't happen. It still seems like that's even harder to do to make sure that you're that if you signed an offensive or drafted an offensive lineman at pick 33 to say that, Oh, but yeah, this guy's going to come in and be an immediate contributor. Well, yeah, you hope so. I mean, people wanted um, Chandler Zavala to come in and be an immediate contributor. And maybe he might be that one day down the road. He's just not right now. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. I guess I would feel better about drafting a lineman who was a role player and knowing that that role is going to be important uh, more than likely to the team and with injuries and harder to fill if something goes wrong and then him become more than a role player. I just, I feel like you could go get a Jericho Cotri or somebody or whatever these regular dudes are a guy for wide receiver easier than you can get a guy at offensive lineman. And Maybe I am jaded, Cody, because name the last time the Panthers drafted a fucking wide receiver. That's any fucking good. I couldn't fucking tell you, brother. Steve Smith? Is Uh, is Steve Smith Smith the last drafted wide DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Thank you. He was like like the end of the first round, too. Well, middle, right? right? But but then even even then, look at like a Curtis Samuel. But even then, look at like a Curtis Samuel who leaves the Panthers and goes on to have his best performance. Barely. He has done all. done shit, really. He's had like one or two good weeks or year. Come on. Let me tell you what, Tony. Hey, let me tell you what. This offense could use a Curtis fucking Samuel right about now. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, come on. If you're going to sit there and say we, we, we need Demir Bird on this offense. Demir Bird's undrafted, yeah, motherfucker. Curtis Samuel. Man, I'll take Tamir Bird over Curtis Samuel any day. How about uh, this? When Curtis Samuel was drafted in the second round. He so was. was Terrace, so was Terrace Marshall Jr. And so, so was, was uh, Dave, Jonathan Dingo. Uh, uh, yeah, Brandon. So out of that, out of those receivers that we mentioned, I'm taking Curtis Samuel okay. out of all of them. How about we take some calls? How about it? Uh, hey, man, if y'all would like to be a part of the show, if y'all would like to leave a message, and uh, let us hear your opinion on these Carolina Panthers. You can do so by leaving a message in our cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Tony, 
Let's listen to this C3 Panther fandom. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like Hey, C3, this is your girl, Kristen Ledane. I promise hey, my call this time will be more on the chill side. What's all gone wrong with Carolina Panthers? We the fans along with Let's Be Blunt. Every freaking buddy know what needs to be addressed. And with that, the cleanup mode button needs to be pushed and rebuild the right way full throttle. I've come to terms that the only option is to hope this douchebag Tepper will listen to an insightful friend, a business confidant, whoever it takes to get through to him. That dude needs to step back. <laughs> his priority needs to be yes. to make sure those on his payroll know what they're doing and leave them be so they can work with what we have, which is not much, but besides our rookie quarterback and wide receiver, commit to actual progress with this roster, coaches, coordinators, trainers, front office, the whole nine yards. <clears throat> I do hate the green monster that has been unleashed amongst the fan base, but it's going to happen, especially with what we were promised and hyped up just to be flat out bamboozled. Instead mm. of the juicy porterhouse steak, we got steakums. But there's a silver lining. Steakums. Even steakums can be improved with the necessary extra toppings. Ooh. Also, we need Scott Fitterer, the lapdog, if he doesn't get fired, have his balls drop and do the following. First, lock it up with my hubby, Frankie Luvu, and pay Derek Brown whatever he wants. Next, earn that GM money and somehow, in some way, find and get a diamond in the rough and overlook sleeper in this draft, which for sure I'm not looking forward to. Otherwise, my fingers are crossed. We can pick up some decent free agents. We'll try to do better with a trade or two if possible. My friends, it's going to suck for quite some time with our Panthers. And even though my Sicilian act has a short fuse, I'm going to take a deep breath and let it be because reality is this is all out of our control. But my piece of advice for the GM and company, if you can, get an Italian. That's my two cents. Y'all have a Merry Christmas. Keep pounding C3 family. Uh, I don't know if that's our second or third call, but I right believe now, it's our second. I don't know if there's a stronger caller right now in the rotation than that. I mean, I mean just bring it. Here. This, is, this is our second game. She's already bowling out. How about that? She's that draft pick that we just talked about. That you know, draft picks don't come in. They don't make a uh, you know, it take immediate... fourteen games for Kristen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and it was her third. Pardon me, Kristen. Uh, but no, great call. Um, and listen, when she was talking about um someone that can have enough balls to tell David Tepper to step back, that is the reason why a lot of people do want somebody like a Bill Belichick or a Jim yeah. Harbaugh. And again, not saying everyone. But, you know, somebody that has enough football acumen to be able to confidently sit down and say to David Tepper, look, I appreciate you want a winner, but you're not going to get that winner if we're always listening to what you want because you're not a football guy. You hired me because I am a football guy, so you need to let me make those decisions. Um, And I agree with that 100%. Uh, it, it, It would need to be somebody that can tell David Tepper, Hey, dude, take a chill pill and take a backseat and let the football people work and do football things. So 
I do think that's a great point, and um, it's something that uh, I think has to at least be mentioned when you're talking about these young coaches that are getting their first time to be an NFL head coach and their first owner gets to be David Tepper. It's like, eh, maybe that's not the best course of action. I saw this on, this made me think of, Kristen's call made me think of this. I saw this on Reddit today. I don't know. Does this look like Instagram or something? I don't know. I can't ever tell. No, this is, Re- this is Reddit. Uh, they said no, this but is the copy and copy, paste. Or copy uh, pasta. It's basically like people that? just copy and paste something and they put in their own words. Like, so a lot of people are going to use this, but they'll just take out some keywords and they'll put in their own thing. Okay. Like, well, um, this made me laugh because it said at David Tepper's, you look like my thumb after a long bath. <laughs> Old Franklin, the turtle-looking boy, long neck and shiny head-looking boy. You look like there's an alien inside your body controlling your every move, men in black-looking boy. You look like <laughs> the thumb man from that one spy kids movie. You're incredibly interesting-looking human. I wish you lived in a remote village in Lithuania and never learned to speak English or gain access to wealth, so you were never given the opportunity to own the Panthers. <laughs> I hate the things you choose to be. <laughs> Dude, that's poetry, bro. Yeah. That's uh, poetry, made man. me that's, laugh. Yeah, All right. Let's, um, let's oh, go ahead. Well, no, and just, um, you know, my, my last thing about Kristen's call, you know, you mentioned, uh, do we pay Derek Brown? And, and like right now, I do think that as we move into the off season, it is a good idea to do a little more of an in-depth review of what players are and are not worth resigning. And, you know, again, we've talked about how there's not a ton of talent that even Panther fans love on this roster, but there's a couple players. But I do think that Derek Brown and Frankie Louvu have proven themselves to the point that I want them to be on the team for the immediate future. I agree. I agree. Tony, like you were once upon a time saying about Brian Burns, hey, pay him now. So that way you're getting ahead of this market that keeps on going up and up in terms of how much they're paying people, especially considering his position of defensive tackle. I would be looking to pay Derek Brown a like lot earlier than necessarily need be. What's yeah, stopping it from happening right now? I mean, in some ways, I think that what you, I, I, and the other thing, too, is that I think I would feel a little bit better about a slight overpay for defensive tackle than I would be for defensive end. And here's the reason being because that defensive end position is already overinflated as it is, right? Like these, you get the corner, the wide receiver, they just naturally are higher paid positions. So if you overpay Derek Brown by two or $3 million rather than overpaying Brian Burns by two or three million dollars. But yeah, it's still like eight million dollars cheaper, too. Yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. Again, especially that position, too, man. Like that, though, there are a few positions that are premier in the NFL, right? Uh, I I think that um, obviously quarterback, corner, wide receiver. But then when you move to the defense and you see these game changers in the middle and how they disrupt things, I mean, like an Aaron Donald, obviously, a Chris Jones. A Quinn Williams, a Dexter Lawrence, and look what now Chris Jones had to do to get money. Yeah, man. Right. But now you're in that. You're, Derek Brown is now in that echelon where 
you really start to wonder what kind of player he can be if you add more pieces on this defensive line. And I've been a proponent of getting another interior defensive lineman to go next to him. Yeah. Get get get, get him a, a rotation guy like the Panthers had with um K1 Short and uh Star Latulale. That yep. one two punch in the middle. All right, let's take another call. Hey. What's up, C three? It's Kyle from Spartanburg. Well, say this real quick. This might be a little controversial and a little in the past, but I think Matt Rule is a really good drafter. So if you go back and all the news, Definitely controversial. everyone said that you know, he was in charge of the drafts. He was in charge. He chose everything. He was, you know, like the guy that ran the entire show. But really, you know, let's look back at his pick. He chose Derek Brown over Isaiah Simmons, mm-hmm. which everyone wanted Simmons because I was right after Keekley retired and all that kind of stuff. Even me. Now Simmons, yeah, I don't even know what he's at. Is he in the NFL still? And then... You know, he chose guys like Christensen, who you guys said is possibly the best offensive lineman on the team, to the Hubbard, who could be the best offensive player on the team, and the guys like Jeremy Chen, who was almost defensive rookie of the year in YGM. I mean, you know, he wasn't the greatest coach on that kind of stuff, but I think he could have been a really good scout. Or I think even really Matt Rule could have been a pretty good GM. But, of course, you know, he did a lot of bad things here as the head coach. We ran him out, and now he's doing okay over there. But I'm not a rule supporter. I was just, you know, kind of – I was just kind of looking back on his draft picks and everything, and I was like, dang, you know, there's some – our pretty much our entire team philosophies go on these guys who we all pretty much wrote off at one time, but they seem to be coming back and making an impact on the team. But, all right, y'all, well, I hope y'all got a good show. See you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, CK, you know how we've been talking a little bit about like, or well, other, it's been like considered what other alternate universes exist for the Panthers and what, what would you have changed? What move would you have made? Would you not have made, you know, especially considering recent years? Um, and, you know, he's talking about Matt Rule as a GM. The biggest mistake, if you want to talk about Matt Rule as GM and be fair, his biggest mistake was the quarterback position. Right. And especially in that first year in 2020, you had a majority of your coaching staff that wanted to trade up to get Justin Herbert. But he said, no, nah, we're going to roll with Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, let's go back in time a little bit. Imagine that we did take a Justin Herbert in that draft. We would have Justin Herbert. We would have DJ Moore. We would have Christian McCaffrey. We would have Robbie Anderson at the time, who remember that year went for over a thousand yards. Um, I mean, you would have you keep Curtis Samuel, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Potentially, you keep Curtis Samuel, and guess who would have been his offensive coordinator? That's right, Joe Brady. Joe Brady, who is having a career resurgence with the Buffalo Bills as their offensive coordinator. And I have been telling everyone for as long as they would listen to me that when Joe Brady was fired, it was a scapegoat fire and that it was too early and that everybody was mad at Joe Brady for no reason at all because they did not have the requisite talent on this offense for it to look good. Now you see what that guy is able to do with some pieces around him. 
dude, Matt Rule really fucked up everything in that first year on the job, man. Truly. Um, um oh, go ahead, CK. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't disagree. I think that is, you know, we said it his entire tenure. He's uh he was buying high and selling low and 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 the the like we even take out the equation of Teddy Bridgewater this the error started the moment he cut Cam Newton right and I'm not saying Cam yeah. Newton was going to be what we always remember him being because there was a clear decline going on with his health or, or something along those lines was happening but uh to be you're not going to hesitate in going and picking up a guy like uh Justin Herbert if you have Cam Newton there whereas if you just signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal that's starter money um, you're going to start him like you're not you're, if you're not going to draft another QB uh, when you just got uh, Teddy Bridgewater because you're going to ruin Teddy Bridgewater's like relationship with your front office if you did that. Um, so I, it, listen, I I agree. I think quarterback is the number one issue. Um, I really don't find that his drafts to be incredibly impressive, even if you look at the few pe- people that he did add. Um, and it took other coaching staffs to actually get the best out of some of these guys. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Chuba Hubbard is probably the highlight of his entire drafting career, um, in my and that's opinion. That's only this year now. And that's really this year. I mean, maybe the latter part of last year, but, yeah, it's not not a – again, I don't really think that it's worthy of a conversation of him being uh, a good GM, in my opinion. I think yeah. we have uh, long seen that the Panthers haven't had a good draft since 2013, dude. Like, I mean, is that you're searching to prove that drafts are good after that. Right. And the irony or the crazy part, this just shows you how things are can flip so wildly. After the 2015 season, uh, they regraded the Panthers draft, and it was like an A-plus because you had three, I think, contributing rookies on that team. You had Coney Ely that almost won the fucking Super Bowl MVP. Right. You had uh, Ben A. Ben Wickery, which who played great his rookie year. You had Trey Boston, who played well his rookie year. I think Shaq Thompson, my, no, Devin Funches was in that draft, and he played well his rookie year. Devin and you Funches go back, was 2015, right? Yeah, Is that, 15. Is that what talking about? Yeah, yeah okay. 15. You had bit, uh, Sticky Wicky. You had Funches. They went uh Shaq Thompson. Fun- Shaq Thompson, Funches, C- Coney Ealy, maybe. I think Coney Ealy was a rookie that year. Uh Trey Boston, Ben A. Ben Wickery. Yeah. And all of a sudden you had guys you, you put them on team and and this is unfair. I think Ben A. Ben Wickery got a terrible rap in Carolina. I think Trey Boston is kind of a player that's like this is that some of these players in the later rounds can be good players on good teams, but they have trouble being good players on bad teams. So are you ready for this list? 2015 was Shaq Thompson, Devin Funches. How about this name? We haven't heard this in a while. Daryl Williams. Oh, oh yeah. That dude. He was pretty good too. Hey, hold um, on. how about, how are we not, we're not done. David Mayo. Yep. Another good player. And, when was uh, Cody Ely drafted? And who's what? the guy, uh, Tony, that you think slept with Ron Rivera's daughter? 
Oh, uh, Cameron Ars Payne. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. See, all of these players. Uh, so I guess Cody Ely was a second year player then. No way, really. Uh, when was he drafted? I mean, it had to have been 2014 then. Yeah, I want to say it was 14. Yeah, he was the second round pick in yeah. 2014. Let me see. Because yeah. I remember no, that has to be because I know no. he was a second round pick and then Funches was a second round pick. But there there was talk about him being uh potentially a first round pick. He came out of Mizzou. I remember that. Um yeah, Coney Ilya was our uh it was the second round pick. And our oh fuck, I gotta go back. Uh 2014 was oh duh. So Kelvin Benjamin uh, in the yeah. first round. Coney, hey, this is this is a kind of check, check this one out. Kelvin Benjamin, Coney Ely, Trey Turner, Trey Boston. There we go. Benet Ben Wickery. Okay. I was wrong. They were second year player. Okay. And then Tyler Gaffney. And no one knows who that is. I remember Ty actually no, Tyler Gaffney fucking is a home run hitter, bro. Remember? Or maybe it was just in the preseason that he does this, that he had like four touch. Remember he did it for us and then he went to New England and did it. Mm-hmm. Uh he was a cool player. How about this? Is those two drafts alone have some names? That we go, man, they were cool players for moments. Yeah. Yeah, they had their more and they contributed to teams that were some of the best Panthers teams. I don't think you can say that in a draft since 2018. Not at all. Not at all. I think maybe if anything, you get a, a player. A player. And you can't. That's just not that's why this team is so bad. I promise you this. It's because everything has gone wrong. We haven't drafted well. We haven't done free agency well. We haven't done it. Haven't gotten coaching right. Right. But you have to, you cannot build a team entirely through free agency. And you cannot build a team only through the draft. You have to, they have to dance in concert. And the Panthers have just shit the bed. They have shown up for their dance date to pick up their draft date and the free agents puked on the draft dress and they never even made it to the dance. Let's go take another call. C three five on stretch of an analogy. Your favorite game. The saucy one. So that game, huh? Yeah, brother. You gotta win. That's nice and all having a win. But shit, they still play like a bunch of jerk offs, really. Still no touchdowns. I'm starting to forget what the fuck touchdowns look like. And, you know, I guess everybody was happy we won. Yeah, fucking right. Oh, nice is a true. Not yet. Not yet. Pump the brakes. Not yet. He led the game winning drive. That's cool. Still no touchdowns. Nothing. I get it. Ed Weather. Big fucking deal. These guys have been playing football the whole life in a fucking snow and shit. All right. Uh, fucking mailman. The fucking football player. No sympathy. So, you know, it's great. A win. We won't be the first ever one in sixteen team, but we could be the first ever two in fifteen team, right? I think. Man, maybe not. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but yeah, we need touchdowns, boys. We need something, something. The game was fucking putting me to sleep every week with this fucking this stale offense that I was hoping we'd get rid of. Fucking, you know, Sammy Yambags gave me fucking anxiety. This this fucking crew, fucking mud on. What on with these fucking guys, but I, 
you celebrate the win. That's great. Still got to play better. One more thing. The fucking Saints need to be investigated for another fucking hit gate. Almost took out my fucking boy, fucking Tommy Cutlets over there. Fucking sliding and shit, getting fucking headshot. What the fuck's that all about, bro? Fucking putting a hit on this fucking guy. Yeah, these fucking, fuck the Saints, fucking dirty-ass motherfuckers. Well, hey, there boys. is a lot of mafia in the, the in the Big right? Easy. Pound and- There's a lot of gangsters in the Big Easy, so it might have been a little gang-on-gang violence. Um, he mentioned something about the, oh, the stale offense. And uh, we we highlighted a comment earlier. It might have been a super chat talking about getting back to the keep pounding, the ground ground and pound. You know, Frank Wright took a lot of heat by saying, "Look, is you know, we know we want to be a pat. We can be a power run team when we need to be, but that's not who we want to be." I don't think the Panthers should commit to that ideology. And go back on just what they are trying to move into a new generation of football just because it didn't work out right away. I thought the whole point of having Bryce Young was to have a more distributive offense, to have a more spread out offense. And I think instead of us just being scared to keep going, leaning into that just because the only semblance of success we've had in the last two years is when we've run the ball 58 fucking times or whatever. I don't think, I think you have to have a belief in the vision and just because you're opening day at the restaurant, you don't just change the menu right away. I think you need to draft for a team that can be versatile and I think a team that is like a power run team that's going to win by this, like a Ron Rivera, John Fox team, I think that is antiquated. I also think that there's weaknesses of just trying to create an offensive greatest show on turf. I think you need to be able to win in the ways that are needed. And in this game, how many times are you go- look? Can you really realistically believe that you just have to keep teams to under 20? Right? I think you need to be able to spread it out. and move. So I think you need an offensive line that's capable of both. I think you need a playbook that can run, that can win in December on the ground, but can fucking win in the Super Bowl in the air. Yeah, and look, here's what I'm doing, man. It, again, I don't know necessarily what we intend on doing with Miles Sanders and his contract. He had a good game two weeks ago, but like everybody at this point in time is pretty much in agreement that Truba Hubbard is the best running back on our team right now. Uh, but again, I'm a firm believer that in today's NFL, if you want to run the ball effectively, you need to have that running back by committee type of thing going on. So I like Truba Hubbard. I want to see him stay here moving forward. He doesn't have too much longer left on his contract. So, uh, you know, get him a workhorse running mate, somebody else that can take him out of the game and you can put them in and what have a back there's with him. Well, again, so you would think like a mouse. Okay, this is kind of like an overused term, but like that scat back type of role, I think is something that would be um, good for this team. Uh, I think Truba is more of a downhill runner between the A and B gaps. He's uh, certainly and, not a pass catching running back. No, he's not. And by the way, I don't want him to be, and I don't think that you need him to be. 
Don't hey, you think dude. that's part of the resurgence for Chuba Hubbard is that we haven't asked him to be? Yeah, but he also hasn't been as bad catching the ball as he was. I in can't the- remember, but one or two times he's been thrown to this year. Right, but even when he did, you didn't remember them as drops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, thankfully, but I can remember him yeah. being thrown to 10 times in the first three weeks of his rookie right. year and dropping this, every single one of them. But this is also what I've been saying. That's what his his skill set is. Like to, to even be throwing him the ball is the wrong type of thing anyway. Use him in that down, downhill rushing attack. Be aggressive. Let him barrel through linebackers on the second level. Uh, and I think that's that's where he's at his best uh, and draft him another compliment. Again, you can find running backs in the sixth round through undrafted that can come in and, and make noise, by the way, shout out to your boy, Tony, uh, Keaton Mitchell, who suffered a pretty terrible injury. Oh God. Did you see it? Yeah, man. That was TK. Did you see it? I didn't. I won't. I, 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 as I'm getting go. older, it's like the last thing I'm interested in doing is um, watching those. Probably go look at it because this is terrible, Cody. <laughs> I, it, I, it, it looks, it, would you say that it was worse than uh, Nick Chubbs? No. Like Nick Chubb no, worse? No, I don't think yeah. so. I yeah, hope I mean, not. Be- Actually, is that <laughs> and I, should not, I don't know why this makes me giggle. Is I hadn't seen the injury, right? I saw somebody say if you, you know, they took the pictures of this down or something like this, or they're not posting the video anymore. I, you can still find it. And they said, and so one of the tweets said, because I just Googled or I just searched Keaton Mitchell because I saw somebody say in the Panther Creator chat that he got interested, I mean, interest, uh, injured. And the tweet said uh, they're taking the pictures are not up anymore of Keith Mitchell's injury. So here is a picture of a horse's hind leg. And you're like, wait, what does that mean? And then you go and watch the injury. And you're like, holy shit, it is shaped. (laughs) Like that horse. The wrong way, dude. The wrong way. Oh God! Oh man, he was having a great. He was having a cool bust out year for a deep draft pick. I told you guys to keep an eye on him. That yeah, shit. What happened? He got pulled. He got pulled back a little, and the leg just enfolded. Yeah, yeah. Um, and dude, he had some great games earlier this year. Uh, where I think it was like the first Baltimore Raven to have like two games that with uh. Uh, one run of over 30 yards. And he had like one that. catch, one run, two touchdowns, 16 yeah. yards. But like, he I, had at one point something like 34 yards after first contact or something. Like, God, he's getting hit too and busting out. Mm. Yeah. I mean, but the, my, the only reason I bring it up is that you can find really good running backs. Uh, Late in the draft, yes, even yes. Drafted, that will come in. So get Truba a running mate. Uh, get back to playing downhill football. Again, I'm going to maintain that Ekimakwanu uh, is best served as a left guard, and everyone will continue to fight me, and that's fine. I might lose I don't that think, back. I think I'm in on it, dude. I yeah. think until I see a reason to believe that he can handle speed, he's just get he gets worked, yeah. dude. And it gets so worked, uh, and, and I'm sick of people saying, 
oh, this is technique. Like, yeah, it's technique, but he's also just getting fucking worked and man, beat outside. Then he's getting beat outside so bad, he's getting beat inside. He getting beat. He, it's just, oh, no, 100%. And tell me what I've said is that when he's on the edge, he's worried so much about being beaten to the outside or the inside that it's causing him to even be inadequate at his best uh, trade. Yeah, then he gets muscled the fuck over. Right, yeah. right. Then he's, see, yeah, just, then he's getting. He's getting bull rushed, right. and I, I I think that if you put him at guard, you're erasing that uh that lateral movement, or, or horizontal rather. Uh, I just want to know this is for all the look. I love the people who are defenders, right? Like, oh man, we're icky advocates. We're Bryce Young advocates. We're this and that. But my question is, how long do you hold on to the belief of optimism? Is it three games into next year? Do you go in, you know, like, is mm. it, is it, do you go into next season saying it's icky at left tackle or bust at that position? Or do you say we want to give him another shot at left tackle, but we also have to make some sort of, you know, contingency plan in case he's not, or do you take the bold stroke of, the third is saying we don't we're just going to move them inside. I think it would be malpractice to just expect him to be what people say he's going to be at this point. And I'm not saying he can't be. Right. I'm not saying you even just move him to guard right away, but I think it's just like rinse and repeat. I don't know if you should do that. And then what if you get in three weeks to next year and he hasn't progressed at all? What the fuck do you do then? You just say, oh, we're going to get Bryce killed. Yeah, I, I think the biggest conundrum going mm. forward for the team is, okay, let's say you do want to put Icky at left guard. In my mind, the only option is to put Brady Christensen at left tackle. That, you and, can't and just so, do that, though. But, I mean, they you say can't you make can't. a whole plan all season on that. That would also be wildly irresponsible. But, but okay, but I, I don't know about irresponsible. Mm. What I'm saying yes. though is that it's no, too hopeful. I mean, it's like, okay, oh, we're going to go in and draft a wide receiver, but and all Tony, of a sudden, fucking offense okay, is going to be great. It's the only thing that they have available to them. What's more likely that Brady Christensen can hold down left tackle, even if it's as a stopgap for a certain period of time at that position? Or are you going to find a franchise left tackle either in free agency? By the way, teams don't let franchise left tackles go in free agency. Or you're hoping that a franchise left tackle is going to be there at pick 34 in the draft. You're also thinking that you. No, I don't think that. I don't think we're going to go get a starter in the draft. Okay, so I just think you have the most likely option. I think you have to say that you're willing to try Brady Christensen out authentically at the position, but I think you got to go and get a guy in free agency who has some experience, whether it's marginally good. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be. Right. You just have to have somebody that you could, if if Icky doesn't step forward at all, that you have a guy that's at least a lateral to semi-up adjustment. 
I mean, you just can't. And I know that. Look, it's like I mean, obviously, a, what a Cam, well, Cam Irving is not a good example because of how poorly he played. But kind of like a Cam Irving, but maybe one less sucky, you know, just a little less sucky than him. And not that you're going in saying this guy's going to start, but I think you need to have a contingency plan. And I don't think the contingency plan could be, oh, Brady Christensen, who we've never seen play this position at the NFL level coming off a major injury. I mean, it, but again, it, if if you want to get someone in free agency, who are you getting? But ultimately, you know I mean? some like, sort of swing tackle that has had some experience playing left tackle that might right. not be a starter worthy, but can right. in case your starter isn't any fucking good. Okay, so right now, the free agents going into this next year are Tyron Smith. Who's he playing? Dallas. And one of, he's been one of oh, the best, okay. one of the better left tackles in the NFL. Okay, yeah. But he's older and he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, you have Dwayne Brown at left tackle for the New York Jets, who is also an undrafted free agent. Who hasn't been any good. Right. The, uh, Cornelius Lucas uh, for Washington. Ooh. That's dude. Do you know how old that guy is? That guy was drafted in like 2013, I think. Well, then again, it's that that doesn't. No, no, but actually, no. I'm not saying that you plan on them being the starter. I'm saying you have to have a plan for in case Icky can't be. Yep. Uh, And then you have uh, Donovan Donovan Smith, left tackle for the Kansas City. There's got to be some other guys that get. Cut. Those are just the perspective. I mean, right. I'm just free agent. To to me, like this idea that you can't give Christensen a legit shot. Yeah, it it should have happened sooner. It should have happened a long time ago. But I I still think that right now it would be malpractice to not see what he has at that position. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I, I hear you. I'm just saying, considering that he was one of the highest graded left tackles to ever come out of college again, according to PFF, like to me, that's talent at the position that you could potentially be wasting. All right, let's take a look. Uh, This might be the the cool call. I think this is Anthony from Charlotte. Oh, what's up C3. It's Anthony from Charlotte this time back from Cincinnati. Hope y'all boys are having a good Tuesday, man. Um, Glad we won last Sunday. Um, You know, an old fashioned, NFL football Panthers kind of game to watch. Uh, kind of remind me a lot of the 2011 Jacksonville monsoon game where the stands were just flooded and there wasn't that many people there. And Cam hit Greg Olson for the game-winning touchdown to give us the lead. Um, anyways, though, on to what I wanted to discuss and what I wanted to call in about tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we got a game against the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are definitely a better offensive unit then the Falcons is going to be an interesting test. Um, the defense, though, I don't think it's that good. Or maybe Baker Mayfield's just that guy, man, because he diced the fuck go, out of him last week. Um, but, uh, in all seriousness, we'll see what happens with that game. At this point, just going to every game with an open mindset, I think that's the best way to approach these last three games. Trying to see some you know, clean games from Bryce Young, pretty much. High completion percentage, no mistakes use of his legs, good throws. Um, yeah, but I, what I really wanted to call in about was that uh, a source reached out to me that's very reputable, has about 130,000 
uh, Twitter followers, and I was um, the one that reached out to this guy during the time where the Panthers were talking about looking for a number one wide receiver to trade for for Bryce Young. We didn't end up doing that, which I still don't understand why, but at the same time, I can also understand why we couldn't do it because blah, 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 it's too much capital. But this source reached out to me and said that Mike Borgonzi is a prime candidate for the Panthers' general manager job went open. And I asked this guy, so is there an indication that you're feeling like Vitter's going to be fired? He said that's the expectation around the league from who I've talked to. Obviously, it hasn't been done yet, but that's the expectation. So I'm really happy about that news. I shared it in the spaces last night. Um, it could lead into an interesting dynamic um, for a lot of hope for Panthers fans. We've been talking about how the last, you know, culprit in this whole clusterfuck of a last three-year period has been Scott Vitter. And with him out and Mike Borgonzi in, a guy that's drafted Tyreek Hill, a guy that's been in the scouting department for 10-plus years, that's the guy we need. Yeah, I know our free agency hasn't been good, but the drafts around, around three, four, five, and even seven, those are the rounds that we need to start hitting players on, and I would love to bring him in. I hope Pepper can get it done. Give me your thoughts on that. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounded, man. Hey, keep motherfucking pounded. Look at C3 breaking scoops wherever there are scoops to be had, man. So, uh, again, I have Anthony's permission to share all this, too. Uh, the, it was from ML Football, who originally put out that uh, – uh, Mike Borgonzi is in consideration uh, for the Panthers GM. Uh, Mike Borgonzi and Adam Peters. So this prompted our boy Anthony to send my man a DM and say, uh, do you have any info on if Fitterer will be fired? Uh, he replied to Amp saying, people around the league expect it. Of course, nothing's done yet, but I very much so expect it. And a lot of you might be wondering, well, okay, who is Mike Borgonzi, why should anyone care? He has been an integral member in building that Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, Borgonzi has been with the Chiefs for 14 years. The last two in his current position uh, as GM Brett Veach's top personal lieutenant. He also served as the Chiefs Director of Football Operations from 2018 to 2020. He's been the Director of Player Personnel, Director of Pro Scouting, a pro personnel scout, and a manager of football operations. So this guy has a scouting background. He knows how to look at talent and evaluate talent. Um, both uh, Veach and Reed have received the lion's share of the credit for the chief success of the 14 GM openings. During the last three years, Borgonzi interviewed for just one of them, the Carolina Panthers in 2021, and that job, went to Scott Fitterer. So, but you already have some history with them. David Tepper has interviewed him before. Now you have people who are hearing for Adam Peters too. Yeah. We've interviewed, we interviewed him. And I think that was the candidate that we were hoping for. Yeah. And by the way, some of us were, I think I was because I'm infatuated with how San Francisco is. Yeah. Somehow um, navigated the draft free agency missed on big players, let big players go and continue to just have the best fucking roster in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, look how many times the chiefs have been able to reload and, uh, 
you know, have had great football teams that I would have won. Say there's been some have, difficulty through Super Bowls. True, yeah, there, there's there been has, some difficulties I, putting some offensive talent out there besides Tyreek Kelts. You know, well, in recent, Kelsey. in 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 very recent years, sure. Uh, but I think overall, it, I want someone that comes from that scout background. I mean, this man has literally worked his way up. He's been a player person, uh, you know, uh, in charge of player personnel. He's been a scout. He's been a scouting director. This guy has done everything. And whenever people have asked me who I want for the job, I've always been a proponent of him. I think him and Adam Peters are the best names for that job. And I think Mike Borgonzi, especially him having um, interviewed with the Panthers before, I think that puts him pretty high up on a on a very short list. Obviously, all this is depending on who the head coach is. If the head coach has enough clout to want to bring in their own general manager, that's going to change things. But, um, yeah, right now, Adam Borgonzi and Adam Peters, if we do fire Fitterer, those are the two names that Panther fans are going to want the most. I do like the idea of this guy moving up the ranks in the Chiefs organization instead of doing a little player development here, a little scouting at this other organization, then getting in this other one and being this is that I think that brings you him a, a lens of continuity over a timeline that has seen ups and downs, but also a lot of ups. I think it also shows that he stood out in those circumstances to continue to climb the ladder even among a place where you have such giant personalities like Andy Reid and stuff like that, that are so successful and this and that. Um, I think that that's a benefit instead of, was it more Dan Morgan who started with Seattle, then went to the bills, then came here. I don't know where yeah. he was before the bills. I know yeah. he was with Seattle for a while and I'm not trying to knock on Dan Morgan, Actually, I just don't have any reason to believe right now. I don't think uh, I see anything right now that says that he should be in top consideration right now. Also, Tony, that's so hard to know who's who's calling the shots. Like to look at that, who we've drafted and say, well, we didn't have a lot of great guys, and Dan Morgan was a part of that team, so therefore you have to put some of that responsibility on him. No, nah, I think like, it's just this press day, conference I didn't like, dude. And maybe it's just a one-off, yeah, but, but I didn't like what he said. You don't know who's pound, you don't know who's pounding the table for who. So uh, again, I don't think it's about just a player draft. I think it's about learning the processes, learning this. Is I don't think just because a team had a good draft, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this Borgazi guy is a fucking dude. I, I think it's about me. being in an organization that has consistent winning processes in player development, in uh, drafting, in that. I don't want to just go, oh, well, look, the Saints hit six picks in one draft. Like, go look at their fucking scout. He, I like the fact that he has had a 10-year timeline with the Chiefs as they have right. – as they as they've evolved, they went from an Alex Smith playoff team to a new quarterback to now. Look, think about this: is uh, Kev's in the chat saying, "Look, they tried to replace Tyreek with Sky Moore. They're doing what they did to Cam. No, is they also paid Patrick Mahomes a fucking." 
boatload of money, right? They got Kelsey. I think if anything, I Patrick thought Holmes, that um, I th- yeah. What who I say? Right now it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they yeah. they paid guys. them boatloads of money. You can only pay. I think if anything that the Chiefs, what they did is say, man, it's like if we're gonna have, we have to get, invest a little bit in the defense. And now they got a top five defense. Mahomes is carrying them in their offense. I don't think, I think it's important for teams to be malleable and evolve. And I think that might be a positive characteristic about him. I want to ask everyone a question to you, Tony, to you, CK, and to all 115 people watching. In your mind, what is the number one trait that a good GM has to have? Like, what is something that a good GM Ooh. must do? And I, mm. to me, to me, the answer is easy. But I want to hear some of y'all first. Like, what, what, what is the one thing that you want a GM to have in order to be successful? Tony, if you want to go, I, I have my answer. Have, but go, no, go, because I have no idea what my answer is. Um, you have to be able to pull together. At least half of your draft has to be contributors. Okay, so just drafting well. Drafting well. I think that's so important when you're talking about building a good team. Most teams aren't built uh, through free agency. Um, You do see it happen occasionally, but they don't sustain success over a long period of time. Um, The teams that are the most successful over a long period of time, uh, i.e. the the you know the Chiefs, i.e. the the Eagles at this point in time, who have gotten some benefit of trading and whatnot, but um, the Bills outside of uh, trading for uh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name, Stephon, um, Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Outside of that, they've been pretty heavily well drafted. Um, mm-hmm. You have the Patriots; their dynasty wasn't one that was built on free agency. Um, so I really do believe it boils down to the draft. Um, it's in my opinion. All right, Tony, you want to answer? And then I want, I want to highlight. First, I think it's like a stupid that. question, by the way. It's a great question. It's a stupid yeah. question if because it's, it's like one then me, thing. Then give me a smart. Yeah, I'm saying like, I mean, obviously they have to have a bunch of things, but I'm saying what is the most important of all those things? Like what do you want him to be first and foremost above all? How do you articulate this as a trait? Um, I think it's important for GMs to have to be about five minutes ahead of everybody else on whether or not you should be buying or selling. And that's on players. That's on trades. That's on moves. That is, yeah, foresight too. Yeah. I mean, it's not just like long-term. I think this is, Sometimes I think the times that we've seen uh, our teams get better or worse through, and I think free agency, both free agency and the draft is when you pull the trigger on something that you thought you needed to do now. And you were either five minutes late, 10 minutes late or too early on that, or you don't pull the trigger at all. And so let me give you two examples of what I mean by this of good and bad when it comes to David Gettleman. Dave Gettleman waited too long. He waited two years or two moments, two minutes too long or five minutes, whatever the timeline you want to say, 
to get the right to get the left tackle and to get off uh, any offensive weapons around Cam. And so then once he tried to start doing it, it was too little too, too late. late. Yeah. But in his being moment, on time. Yeah, being on time. That's it. Because here are two uh, here's the other example I have of how he was on time. And that is we had an injury and we went and traded for Jared Allen and we got peanut Tillman. All of a sudden it felt like this is, Oh shit, there's something going on here and it's time. And we're not going to just wait for next year to come around. Right. But I would say in some way when to pull the trigger, Yeah. on certain positions being on need- time i like yeah. that being on time, time. yeah man. I, I, absolutely i mean and that's timing. a draft thing too it's like timing when you go offense when you go defense when you go this when you go after this and when dave gettleman's timing got disrupted uh and it really got disrupted with the josh norman shit it got disrupted when he got in a fight with Josh Norman over that fucking franchise tag or whatever. He pulled the tag and then he goes, I'm going to draft three fucking corners and do everything. And then he was just off. He, he was hungry. off beats for he, the rest. He shopped, he shopped hungry. And yeah. one of his biggest sayings was you never shop hungry. And yeah, that's be what on did. beat. Get on so, in step look, if you're in the marching band. Some, some great uh, comments from uh, our C3 faithful. Uh, I think Mr. Strats is saying what you're saying, foresight. There's just the ability to know when you're going to need certain players in certain positions. It says draft picks. Uh, Jay Thomas also says has to hit the draft picks. Daniel says have contingencies. Yeah, that's a big uh, deal. I think that's yeah. been Fitterer's problem. That was Fitterer's right, not, problem this year. Not having a, not having backup plans for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh. Late late round draft picks. Uh. Is also another one. Uh. The ability uh, to allow others to do their damn job. Oh, I thought so that's, that's an a, owner that's, trait. Well, I mean, yeah, but also, uh, again, all right. So look, I'll I'll quit burying the lead. Well, first, let me do some more. Uh. Diesel skills says the ability to hit the light button. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. The uh, Roosevelt Mongo says being balanced. And uh, our boy Joey the Blind Panther says you need a GM who has the wheels to make a deal in the eye for talent. And Tony, I'm a firm believer that 90% of the job of being a GM uh, is what our guy Stephen Bailey has to say evaluating talent and like our man Alex Max Pro says evaluating talent that's 90% of your job that's 90% of your job if you think about free agency if you think about the draft you're evaluating talent even the things that um, you don't often wonder about um, uh, hiring a, a staff for your uh, your strength and conditioning staff hiring your medical staff you're evaluating the talent of all these different people in all these different areas to be able to do their job and put those right people in positions of power to be able to build upon the team. If you cannot adequately evaluate talent, then you're dead on the rival. I was saying this to CK earlier. If they evaluated Justin Herbert as a can't-miss quarterback talent in 2020, if that's what your staff has evaluated him to be, move heaven and earth 
to go and get the players that you and your staff are sold on, but you have to be right in your evaluation of them. Remember when we drafted Greg Little in the second round, left tackle out of Ole Miss, and just didn't do shit for the Carolina Panthers? Well, again, not tooting my own horn here, but you were always able to see on his own on his film that pass protection, he just struggled in a lot of those scenarios. And it makes you wonder, like, is there too many times when the general manager has too much faith in the ability of the staff to be able to develop those players? Uh, because it seems like that's often kind of off compared to what people would be um, expecting. That's also something that you're building upon with your coaching staff. Is this coaching staff going to be able to elevate the talent on the football team? So you're evaluating your coaching staff with that same manner as well. Talent evaluation is 90% of the general manager job. All right. I'd like to remind everybody that the C3 Panthers podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy football sports website app and the way for you to use your football knowledge to make real money. The way it works is, is you select multiple players for multiple teams, a minimum of two players from two different teams. They're given and assigned a projection. You select those, they become your entries and you pick more or less. The more of those you get right, the more money you win. But what's fun about prize picks is they're always keeping things fresh innovative and different from uh, flex Friday picks where you get uh, maybe for instance, you they'll give you $20 to play where you can't lose. Like if you lose on a flex pick, flex pick, then they just refund you your money. Right. Um, they'll give you free squares. In fact, I guess I missed my Christmas square, which is messed up. Why do you have to pick the Christmas square so early? I'm upset about that. I didn't pick the Christmas square, which is like a free square. They'll give you like basically a free entry. Uh, But I guess you got to be on time with some of those things like that timing we were talking about for those GMs. But I haven't opened prize picks up since this weekend. And guess what? Something new and fresh is out there. I don't know necessarily the timing of this announcement uh but it's there demons and goblins because christmas is the season for demons and goblins this would have been better off why didn't they do this at halloween prize picks oh don't forget if you go to prize picks use the promo code c3 they'll give you a 100 percent deposit match up to $100 for first-time depositors if you use the promo code C3. We need you to use that promo code C3 because we need them to come back as a sponsor. In fact, I tried to ask them, sent them a message. that said, hey, how about extending through the playoffs? He said, we got to check the campaign numbers and stuff like that. So, guys, look, I'm telling you, our sponsors, because of the way the internet works, and it sucks, I know, if we're begging, we're begging you, but I just want you to do this. Don't go do it for us. But if you are going to go play daily fantasy sports, pick prize picks and use the promo code C3 because then you get your deposit bonus. We get recognition and we get to keep doing cool segments and shit like this 
uh, up here. Look, demons and goblins, the new set, the new entry component here. Entries containing a demon or a goblin may pay out differently than standard entries. You can pick, you can only pick more on these projections. Demons are a little weird. They're harder to win, but the entry uh, qualifies for higher payouts up to 100 times your money. So we're going to do a demon pick tonight. And we're going to see if we can do, I wonder, we'll try to figure out how it works. I don't know if, but boy, these are hard to hit. I'm telling you, these numbers are, when they say demon, they're devilish. When Stefan Diggs got a last, he ain't had a hundred yard game. Look at that. You got to pick Stefan Diggs going over a hundred. What they know, what do they know that we don't? What they know? Uh, hey, how about this, man? Them bills are heating up with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator, bro. I'm telling you, man, that that. Well, then, you know what we're doing? We're going goblin demon. So, Dave OK, Davis. the demon, the, the demon is like harder. It's the hardest to hit. It's an inflated fantasy point figure. Goblin. All right. So look at this to give you an example. Cooper Cup's demon number is not or is ninety nine and a half receiving yards. His goblin number is 49 and a half. His standard number is 68 and a half. So you can pick basically you're like <laughs> the goblin's going to pay out less. If but it, the demon, if, if you hit, what? see, like, look, it's safer to go goblin than it is right, 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 to right. go uh, regular. Well, Kev makes a point the about Stephon Diggs. They're playing the Chargers. So, hey, that might be the time to do it, man. Why? Why? When are they just... They fight, just dude, they, the, the Raiders just put up 60 points on them. The Raiders, dude. And now the Bills are resurgent, man. They've beaten... Uh, I mean, they've beaten the Eagles. They've beaten... Uh, I the feel Dallas better Cowboys. about man. That's a lot. This dude hasn't had a hundred. What are they just gonna just beat up on these guys to make everybody feel better? Uh, How about this yeah. then? Maybe Josh Allen more than two seventy four. What's safest? Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know. He had less than. Uh, he was like at a hundred and or what? Did he even uh, crest a hundred? Uh, yards last game, dude. How about this? I he hit ninety four yards last game, dude. I hit both of them bitches. I'd fucking hey man. I'm feeling well. I, I would, but hey, this is your, we're doing your it team, today. Man. We're gonna get ooh, Justin Fields versus Arizona. What is it? Rushing or passing? Passing? Yeah, one ninety seven and a half. So we just oh dude, Arizona. Under? Oh dude, Arizona. That's just That's to, easy. I mean, he almost hit that versus Cleveland, and Cleveland has one of the better teams right now. Uh, and you know what? You know Green what? I've been doing? Oh, look, dude, we're going. We're going. Adam Thielen here. No, no, forty-seven no, and a half. No, why, dude, I, dude? I'm telling you. Here, look at his numbers. Look, look at the the last time he's hit projections, dude. Adam Two weeks Thielen, ago. Oh, okay, dude. Adam Thielen, forty-seven I, I'm and a half. You, he has not been the lock that he once was in this offense. Bryce I mean, Young really heating just... up. All right, we're going. 
Look right now. Look at that twenty dollars. I would do a second entry for the for the Panthers. That's what I've been doing. It's up to you if you want. I've been I'm doing, doing this. I've been I'm doing just trying, around the NFL make, and look, then let's see this. One, that's okay. So flex still. We're gonna do this. Is we're gonna do ten dollars. Fuck that. We're going twenty dollars. Yeah. Kev said uh cup has uh been getting touchdowns too. All right, we'll do one more entry here. See, this is ridiculous though. Like, who is gonna go ahead and think this guy? How tough is that? Wait, who is it? Let me see. Uh this is Iron touchdowns. Oh uh, look, Cooper Cup. Oh, dude, that's a no brainer. Touchdown. Yeah, I would I would do that. Wait, who are they playing? They need to find wait, one wait, other. They're playing New Orleans. Uh no, they're yeah, they're playing New Orleans. Uh I, I kinda like uh oh so these are all demons. Uh these are every one of the touchdown numbers is demons. Dude, uh, dude even some of them seem almost too easy, bro. Scroll down oh, to gosh. the bottom. Don't listen to this guy. Dude, Stefan Diggs. All it needs all is right, a let's do this. Let's see what these do. Let's see what the demon does. The demon does instead of it paying out what three times your money now, it pays out four point two five. Do ten dollars here now. All right, guys, don't forget the. If you're gonna go to Prize Picks and try to, I wonder what. I must be a five picker. I wonder how you get a hundred times your money. We can do a $5 pick. Let's see if we could do that. We'll do one $5 pick. I bet you it is what we're going to do. We'll do, did I not place that? Okay, let's see. Let's see, reuse players. So let's see. This is Josh Allen, 50 rushing yards. Dumb. No way. Christian McCaffrey, they don't fuck with him. Passing, rushing. So does it give you an option to look at all the demons? Oh, no, that's a great question, is it does not just say, hey, let's look at all demon. Yeah, that's what I would like. It looks like they're mostly in, but you can only go over on the demon. I like Alvin. So let's see if we could do this. Is let's do this. I got five on it. Yeah, we're gonna do five and see if we can get. Maybe there's a demon up in here. Are they only in football? Oh. Uh, I mean, I'm under NFL. I haven't done anything other than NFL. Pass yards. Do we got? All right, we like Josh Allen. Um. See if we can win a hundred times our money. Passing yards, receiving yards. Come on, demon, demon, demon. Look, this segment's taking way too long. Oh, interceptions, no. Kicking mm. points, no. Tackles, no. So it's like the big, it's like fantasy numbers. All right, I like Alave. And... Let's see what this does. What does five dollars do on this? So we more, more. You gotta do more. 
for Holy moly. This one pays five dollars pays one sixty. What's that? I don't even know. Thirty two times your money. Let's do it. Doing it. Doing it. Prize picks. Promo code C three. It's the way to go. Help us continue to grow. Help our sponsors. Let's go to one of our guys. I think this is G Baby. Do you know what time it is? I'm sorry, bro. I'm coming on nope. 10. Do you know what time it is? Hold on. I'm in the car right now. Ready? It's fucking showtime. What's going on, y'all? It's Lou from fucking Fort Myers. What up, Lou? I don't win against some dirty birds. Dirty birds. If we can't make the playoffs, neither can you. Fuck y'all. That's how I'm feeling. Fuck, <laughs> bro. That win forgave everything that Frank Wright did. Low-key not, but it, it low-key did. I needed that win week one. Yep. If Wright, bro, move. Come on. If Wright won that shit week one against some dirty birds, right, that's fine. I'm not even mad. My parlays, all my parlays missed. Every single one of them missed. I mean, I went 0 for 8. Missed. You know, I thought we was going to get stomped on, man. I didn't even watch the game. I, w- I didn't even go to the game. I fucked around, bought tickets for the Jags and um, Panthers, thinking it was going to be at Bank of America. This shit up in Florida. Now I got to refund my flight and everything, the hotel and the rental car. But shit, I'm about to go see my boy. Uh-uh, shit. My boy. Man. Shout out C3, brother. Hey. And um, to you Bryce defenders, all I got to say is, listen, we cannot lie that 90-yard, 90-yard, if I'm not mistake, uh, mistaken, game-winning drive, that was master class. That, was, that right there was master class. Besides that duck that he threw to Mingo, that was master class. That was master class. To you Bryce defenders, though, that ain't clearing up shit. I, I need to see that times 10. I need to see three more of those next year. I need to see how he plays against Green Bay, a competent coach. Not Arthur Smith, because clearly he's missing a screw. But, yeah, competent coach. I don't even know if I'm saying the word right. I need to see how he does against Tampa this time. And low-key, I hope we keep uh, Taper. That's his name, Chris Taper. I hope we keep him. Because if you really do the film on, like, how he played that game, he took the knee. Like, he was just playing smart as fuck. He took the knee and went for the kick. Instead of, like, taking that risk, like, doing some dumb shit that Frank would do. Frank would have fucked that up. I'm telling y'all right now. He's got a second part of his call, and we'll play it. But uh... I, I I love it, man. I love the excitement. We need it. Uh, thank you for the shout-out to C3. Um, I like Chris Tabor. Uh, and, by the way, I agree with what you said, too. I know y'all disagreed with me on the post-game show about this. But I think the way I think the way they played it was perfect. 
I like the fact that they didn't go for a touchdown. I like the fact that they set up Eddie Pinero for an easy field goal. I like the decision to do what they did. It ended up in a W. Um, I feel like this is a good segue to this. I wanted to talk to you guys about Ejiro Vero and our defense. And the reason why is because we have some pretty crazy numbers uh, when it comes to our defense and what we've been doing. And I've been someone that has been saying I want to retain Rivero. Uh, I want him to be a constant going forward. And I hope whoever the next head coach is does retain Ejiro Rivero. There's even a contingent of people that want Rivero to be the next head coach. So I have to consider that too. But I was reading these stats to CK before the show. And uh, check this out. How good is Ejiro Rivero's defense for Carolina? Carolina needs to keep this man at all costs. Carolina has not allowed a 300-yard passer all season. Uh, they have held opposing quarterbacks to less than 200 yards passing in eight games. Uh, they're third overall in total defense, yards. Third overall in total passing defense, yards. Seventh and third down conversion against. And all of this, despite only 20 sacks, which is currently the fewest in the NFL. To me, I think you can kind of blame that on talent of us really only having Brian Burns as our primary pass rusher. Uh, I mean, listen, those are some crazy defensive numbers, man. And we know that the defense has been what's kept us in most of these games. Um, My question to everyone is, what are the chances that we actually do retain Ezero Rivero? And do you think that maybe he should be in the running to be the next head coach of the Panthers. CK? Um, I, it's hard to do that. Listen, I, those numbers, while they look impressive on the surface, they I are very misleading. Fraud. I think they're um, fraudulent. One of, the, one of the most indicative things, so we want to talk about the number one, like, or where we're at with pass yards. We're also, the we have the least amount of pass attempts against our defense out of any team in the entire NFL, okay? Uh, So that part, I think, is also indicative of what we're dealing with. Their red zone defense is absolutely horrendous. We allow 75% of every trip into the red zone to end in a touchdown. Uh, Listen, uh, people have said that I've cherry-picked those stats, right? Those are some of the most important stats when you're coming to, when you're going to present other pieces of evidence uh, saying this defense is good. Um, I think this is the most this is the most accurate. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that you cannot accurately defend this defense without having all, that entire picture. They're obviously with lo- the lowest number of pass attempts against this defense. Logically, they're going to have the one of the better pass defenses when it comes to yards, and that's going to inflate their number. And when you're talking about rush, they, we're in the top five with number of rush attempts against our defense. So when we know that teams are just rushing us, it's a lot easier to play against the yards. They're dealing with short yardage fields, uh, thanks to our offense being insufficient. Um, listen, I, 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 I don't want to take anything away from Ivero because this this unit has performed above what would be expected with the injuries we had. But I just there's just I can't look at that and honestly think that there's anything impressive about that at this point in time. Okay, let's start with this. Is I'll start first with the question about retaining a Giro Evero, and I got to think that first the answer is yes is that you want to 
keep a guy who has demonstrated an ability to muscle through a lot of these conditions and has had a track record who's probably not going to go and just get a head coaching job out of this or something. Look, you've seen other teams do it. I believe. uh, Who is it that somebody retained? Was it the Texans guy that retained? There's been a couple of teams that have successfully kept the defensive coordinator when they brought in an offensive guy. Even Sean Payton wanted to keep a Giro Evero uh, on his staff. So I don't think it's out of the question. And I would argue that this unit has overperformed given the talent and some of the adversity they have faced. Right. So I want to compliment the Giro Evero. I want to compliment how he has had a tough situation with an offense that hasn't given him done a lot of favors. I do want to counter and support CK on what he's talking about here is that if Strats is saying that we're cherry picking or that he's cherry picking or leaving some out of the picture, this tweet is also leaving some out That's of the my picture. Point. Is right? I, I'm I listen. My my entire point just now was I think they're a, a performing above what we would have expected with what they're totally. dealing with. Right. With not having an offense that's really providing uh, uh, complimentary football that's keeping them off the field, like the time of possession, I imagine, is heavily in the other team's favor when you're talking about our offense versus the other offense, um, you know, on average. But listen, I'm not I I don't want to take anything away from what the unit has done, but to pretend like this is an elite unit is an absolute fallacy. You can't logically look at these numbers and not look at the other ones and realize this isn't this is misleading. We're dead last in turnovers, as as uh, your bastard son says. We're dead last when it comes to the amount of uh, plays that other teams have run against us, uh, or from a pass play perspective. But um, let me play devil's advocate. Yes, no, 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 let let's finish there, one thing because no, you're. Le- I got one other couple of stats to put out there, and that is that when you look at these passing stats and how they have not been prolific against the Carolina Panthers, but then you bitched all season long about how shitty fucking CJ Henderson were was and how shitty Dante Jackson is and this and that. This is the very, the gist of it is this is teams have not had to do much to beat the Carolina Panthers. They haven't. And and one other thing, too, I would love to see kind of time of possession numbers because anytime Carolina has had any semblance of offensive success, it's taken like 90 days for it to happen. These drives take, look, even the game winning drive against the Texans took five minutes or whatever the fuck it was. It only went 60 yards, right? This, we have. Dr- the any offensive possession the Panthers have had any success with that means have found any way to put any points up has taken so long off the clock that it minimizes plays. It takes plays out of the game, but teams have been able to beat this Panthers team with like 200 yards of total offense. So I don't necessarily say just because you've got a, you've got decent passing numbers. Look, the fucking uh, two weeks ago, we got blown out 28 to six by the Saints, and they had 200 yards of offense, dude. 
Okay, but this is where I think that both of you are missing the context here. One, there are three things that you have to consider. The amount of injuries that we've had on this team. Oh, we're not missing that. that. We're complimenting them over that. We're complimenting them over that. Hold on, Let me, okay. Then you have to think the lack of talent that we have. And I mentioned that earlier. Uh, We have the least amount of sacks this season. But you also think that we only have Brian Burns as our primary pass rusher. And then you add on the fact, and you've already been alluding to it, that our offense never, ever helps out our defense. I feel like you're just and, saying and, what we and, just said. But, but okay, but this is why I'm saying that, like, Zero Vero, everything that he's done this year, but yeah, the numbers aren't as great as that might let it on to. But when you look at all of those things and stack them on top of each other, and also consider how the defense has kept us in pretty much every game, uh, you know, most weeks. I think that's pretty damn impressive. I don't think we're missing that. I think we're agreeing. I think we're agreeing about that is impressive. I just don't like to see third in this, top in this, top in this, and all of a sudden you think that this fucking defense is out there getting shit done. Is the defense is the only thing that has is is that's performed better than we expected it to given those circumstances. So that is a plus. And yes, I would try to keep them all that. The one question I have is what somebody said about the caller brought up about bringing Tabor back, camping back, right? Well, Kev said, didn't we say the same shit about camping last year? And then he fucking the offensive line sucks this year. I don't think as Euro Evero is the guy but is there any concern if you're a new coach in here and you've got assistant coaches from the previous regime texting the mm. owner, positioning themselves? So I, I think this is that I don't think Evero looks to be his fingerprints are on that, but it sure seems like Chris Tabor and T- Campin's fingerprints that those are Tepper's boys. So if you're a head coach coming in, is there any concern with those discussions, those rumors, even if you want to keep Evero? Uh, I mean, maybe, again, if you're a brand-new head coach, like I would just feel like instead of having to redo everything, right. in order to keep some consistency on this team, do everything in your power to convince Zero Vero to stay. And that consider, if there and, is well, well, a on. coach and, to keep, it's him. Yeah, and consider that Tabor. this is a guy that has to have head coaching aspirations one day himself. Say, hey, man, listen, come with us. Be with us for another year. We're going to try and get this offense off the ground, and let's have a really good team next year. Then everyone and their mama in the next coaching hire cycle is going to be clamoring for a guy uh, like Jiro Rivero to be right. their head coach. And I found this literally just as we were talking. Um, this is de- a defensive leader, yards allowed. Again, Carolina, it says that we're number three, man. And I, like I said, considering all those things, bro, you have to take into consideration how good Jiro Rivero has been for this defense with all the injuries, with no offense on the other side of the ball, the lack of talent, I think that's pretty damn impressive. I think if there's anybody to celebrate on this defense other than Derek Brown, it's a Giro Evero. Yeah. 
But other than that, fuck those numbers. This is where I'm glad Greg's not up here at this. And I love Greg. I thought he was hoping he was going to come in. But, like, I watched this fucking team. Nothing feels top three in this team, period. Yeah, that's that's my only issue is like if you're trying to sell me a bill of goods that this team yeah, is based a top on that, five, yeah. is a top five defense, then I'm I'm not buying that. That's where I'm I with don't. You, that's where I don't agree with that. I, they haven't really been put to a, an honest test where they're playing from behind and they're having to stop the uh, the opposing defense or the opposing they, offense. Right? They won a game nine to seven against a team that's six and whatever that can't beat them fucking anybody. Right. And so ultimately where I, again, I struggle with wanting to crown this team is I, I just, there's a lot. It's same thing the last year, like last year we had the similar thing. It was, Oh, we have one of the best defenses in the league. You know, when you look at yards, per game, but we had the exact same issue. It was all misleading stats. When you actually look at the bare, bare number of everything, we're not really that we're middle of the pack, which isn't bad. Again, given what we're dealing with, uh, I do want Evero back. I want him as our defensive coordinator again. I just don't know that you can use what he's done on this team to be able to justify him having a head coaching position with the Panthers. So, uh, White Chocolate sent me this. This is NFL time of possession, black possession percentage, including overtime. Uh, Carolina is number four. And, uh, and you look at these teams that are outside of Dallas, they're all kind of grinded at well. Cleveland, no quarterback, no offense. Slow what do you mean moving. Cleveland doesn't have a quarterback? Baby Joe Flacco. Oh, God, shut the fuck up. Fucking throwing um, it around, throwing the pill. Here is one other component I do think. First, I think we are saying the same thing in a lot of ways. I mean, we are. But I fully agree with CK. No, is that if you're going to try, if you want to sell me a Giro Evero, this is how you, not sell me, this is how I sell him. I sell him as a coach on a team that has had nothing but dysfunction, that invested really all of its energy and effort in the offseason to trying to jumpstart the offense and clearly did not look to upgrade or even tune up this defense in any way that you got a coach that also dealt with injury after injury to starting players found a way to continue to field a competitive defense. One that also exceeded your expectations half the time kept you in games. Yes. Selling point. Number two, selling point continuity building off of that. Instead of starting from scratch, blowing everything up is that if we just had an offense that scored some fucking points, keep building and let him develop a defensive vision for this team. Selling point. Third point, And I think this is really the, the probably the crux of it is does the team want to continue in that direction of a three, four? And if they do, then sold, keep them. Well, I think they have to, but if you bring in another coach who doesn't like that, if if you get a coach now that says, this is fuck David Tepper and whatever he says, fuck this is I know the way. And I 
don't think this team is suited to be a three, four. I think three, four is over. Like then there's no reason keeping them. I think there are a lot of reasons to keep them, but the last on the list is that the Panthers have a top five defense to me. That's the last reason. I don't even think you need to put that on the resume for me to fucking have un- plenty of reasons to want yeah, him but to keep back as a it coach. Off I it's not true. They don't have a fucking top five defense. But at the same time, like, okay, y'all said that we're agreeing and we're all saying the same points. But you're not taking them to Bro, heart. To I've seen top five no, defenses no, okay. in Carolina, and this is not okay. fucking but, one of them, but, dude. But, right, but you have not teams seen run on this defense. team whenever they fucking but want. You have not seen the defense with the lack of talent that we have on the interior of our D line outside of Derrick Brown. We don't have the necessary Cody, edge rushers. We you believe had, that we what haven't we're had JC Horn or or any of our. Uh, we haven't had Jeremy Chin. Wow. Xavier Woods missed a bunch of times. Like all, and we still have those numbers that are statistically putting us as one of the best. Look, imagine what could happen if you got an injection of talent on this defense, man. It's oh yeah, we're not arguing that. But this yeah, is but not a top are. five defense, no, motherfucker. Okay. I've seen a team that had 64, 60 fucking sacks, bro. Sixty sacks. I saw a team that could have won every. I've seen all two teams in Panther history that I have seen. Huh? All all of the opposing points against against the Panthers all come in garbage time. It's always then why are we never game. leading in the defense, fourth quarter? It, it, yeah, it, because we're born. We never have an offense. And the defense, because they're having to do everything all game. Oh, my God. When, when, the, when the fourth quarter comes around, they're tired. They don't have the energy. They're on the field all the time. And now these holes are starting to open up. And, of course, that's going to happen. They have no offense on the other side of the field to compliment them. Mentioning Look at this. Daniel says we're ranking 32nd in rushing touchdowns allowed. Shut the fuck up with this. Stop over defend. But Just say Evero has exceeded no, 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 no. expectations. No, that's not on Evero. With- no, but, that is not on Ivero. Hey, why we say it's not a fucking top ten? It's not even a top ten defense, bro. Whatever, dude. I'm saying that no one else is doing that with that kind Here, of defense. Not even top fifteen, Cody. Cody, you believe this is a top five defense? I don't think it's a top fifteen. Cody, no, I, I, I'm honestly want to know I your opinion. That, I believe that a lot of teams. I mean, obviously, except for the upper echelon like the Cowboys. I believe that teams are going to continue to struggle against this defense. And by the way, if they answer the, the question, the Packers, is it a top ten yeah. defense? Top ten, I, all things considering, yeah. No way, you believe it's a top ten? You I mean, just top, said I mean, if you look at the numbers, we have we have look, look, one look player that you would consider an elite player, and that's Derek Brown. Right, and you're making my point. No, Thank I'm not. You're not, not. He's not at all. You're wrong on this, Cody. Uh, no, we're, we're saying if you have all these different outlets that are saying that we have a top defense, and yet you keep on bringing up the lack of talent that we have on this team. I didn't keep up. Well, I just brought that up for the first time. Incredible. That's incredible that our defense is being able to do what it has. I think it's misleading. Working against them. You understand that, like how it could be misleading. Well, how about like, this? You, you, this? You believe that none of the points we're making are, are valid. This top defense played a top offense, and the Dolphins scored 42 points against it. This and that top, wasn't garbage time. That was yeah. 
That yeah. was we were they were down by twenty one points. The better offenses in all the NFL. Okay, this top defense played a top offense in the Lions. They scored 42 points against it. The fucking Seahawks top scored 37. Offense. The Colts scored 27. Well, that one actually was on night. offensive turnovers. Philadelphia last 33. Night. Look. Running to win the AFC South. So again, what are we doing no, here? Man? And you know what? The defense wasn't the problem with the Colts. So I'm not going to give, but look, how about this? Is, is, is partially or are partially these Top 10 numbers inflated by the fact that the Panthers have played the Bears, the Titans, the Bucks, the Saints, the Falcons. You know, I mean, they played shitty teams, bro. They played shitty. Anytime they've played any team that had any semblance, they got 30 or 40 good. They got fucking torched, Tommy. So then why would you even say that Jiro Rivera is worth keeping as a as a coach next year? Because I because feel like they've overperformed for what yeah, his talent. For what, yeah, these overperformed based on what this team has been. Again, vastly I, I, overperformed. How am I cherry picking Roosevelt Mungo? Look at this. I will read off this. Here's who the Panthers have played. This is the scores. 24-10 loss to the Falcons week one. The Falcons fucking suck. Okay, 24 points, not terrible. Saints, 2017. I don't know. Last time I checked, Saints fucking suck. So all of a sudden, we're like, oh, God, look at this defense holding them to 20. Seahawks, 37-27. Vikings, 21-13, and they scored 21 points without even fucking throwing the ball 131 yards. Lions. We're in the game. Okay. We weren't really. You know, they were 0 and 4 at that time, by the way, Cody. So let's not act like they were fucking barn burners themselves. Lions, 42 points, 42 24. Dolphins, 42 21. Texans, you hold them. Okay, good. Colts, hold them. But you're talking about the Texans, the Colts, the Bears, Cowboys, fucking decimate. No chance. Now, yeah. is that a collective failure? Am I blaming that on the defense? But don't come out here and say this, that this defense can hold any relatively good offense. And I know it's unfair to ask them to do that when your offense ain't doing shit. But come on, yeah, man. I've seen school. fucking you, real you defenses, bro. Me. This shit is, this is the same shit. If the Panthers had any semblance of a fucking offense this year, you cannot tell me that. Yes, I and, can. And all I can tell you injuries, this. This couldn't the, hold 2013's jockstrap. It couldn't yeah, hold their jockstrap. Different rosters. Entirely different rosters. I would even argue that. That's the point. The defense is the not top 10. This is more impressive from a Vero about what you've That's been fine. able to do. We're not arguing that. We're not you arguing are. that. No, I am you arguing that the team are. is not a top 10 defense. All right, but that's not, not that that's it's not impressive. I think it's impressive that the Panthers had a offensive line that was in the top half of the league last year. But that doesn't mean it was a top five fucking offensive line. I think what this defense has done has been pleasantly surprising. Trees, man. Okay. It's been more than just yeah. pleasantly surprising. Uh, dude, the amount of uh, of players that yeah. we have been missing on defense this year is I feel incredible. like you're not saying anything that's going to change my mind. 
That does not matter. These are all buts, no, no, ifs, not, and buts. You know what? And your uncle it is your aunt, and your so aunt much. is your uncle because you, all you got is nuts and buts and ifs and whats. I'm just saying this. You put this team against a playoff fucking offense, they're fucking getting toasted, dude. They can't stop the run. You really want to believe that fucking this secondary is going to hold up? Shut the fuck up. Dude, how, who's on the field? Oh, dude. that's who's again. That's just who's a fucking sleight of hand. You might as well. You know what? If you could use your arms better, you would be a magician. Doing with this absolute trash ass players, and they continue to overperform almost every single Sunday, and they're the only reason why we are ever in games. Sleight of hand, straw man reason. argument. No, straw, you're gaslighting me. No, dude, you, you guys are, are taking this big, major factor. No, we're just saying it's not like a top a 10 defense. Up. I'm making and one simple statement. That we don't have any offense at all the entirety of the year. It doesn't matter that we're missing our best young players. Most of the people that we signed in free agency on defense, none of those are out there. It's like, come on, dude, you're, you're expecting water out of wine. First of like, all, Mr. Strats, I don't anyway. know what gaslighting is, so I just say it randomly because I have no idea and I can't ever understand it. Like cap, no cap. It took me fucking three years to figure it's out that like shit. You're, arguing, you're saying no straw man. Or, you're making a straw man argument. No, no, no. Gaslighting is saying like that I'm arguing, making a point that I'm not actually making. Yeah, I actually then you know what is you're. You're not all we have said. All I am saying is this is this defense is not top 10. Yeah. And that's not it, it, fine. If it isn't, it's not because of if it. If it isn't, no, that's all I fucking said. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying like, I, again, I'm giving Navarro credit for doing right. a lot with what he's got. Like that, that part, let that not be taken away from anything that's being said here. I think that's a valuable piece to what he, what he brings to the table is valuable. I just don't know. The point that I'm making is you can't use the stats that you're saying to justify him creating a top 10 defense, right? Which is why I don't think that it's worthy of saying that he's going to be the next head coach. But I do say that he should stick around as defensive coordinator because I am impressed with what he's been able to do with what he has. That's what I'm saying. Like right now, the argument that we have a top 10 defense is one that's absolutely ridiculous. I look, Christian Hunt says this. Hold on, hold on. numbers don't lie. Yes, they, they do. They, they do don't. fucking lie. Look, Christian Hunt says, okay, not top 10, but you're saying to discredit Evero for consideration to be head coach. Nope. Never even mentioned head coach. I, I, have I said, did for our head coaching position. Now, I think he could be a great uh, head coach, but I just don't think, again, here, here's the idea that, that I have. When have you ever hired a team, a, 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 a coach from off a, a two team, and 14 team, off a two and 14 team, and they've been successful. Or when has it ever taken place? It ha- I just don't think that you can justify doing that. He came off of the Denver team last year as well, right? They didn't play well as a team either. His defense played decent, right? His defense wasn't lights out last year, but they it were was they good. Were, it was right. like it continues good. to overachieve with bad teams. Perfect, perfect. Guess what? We all agree on that because I said this, Cody. I said that he that outside of Derek Brown. Ajiro Evero merits the most fucking praise out of this defense. Okay. He has exceeded anything, right? It's like, it's like uh, what we say with Derek Brown. It's like, oh, 
He's fucking playing lights out monster, but it's just getting swallowed up because he's on a By shitty a team. But right. I agree. I think Ajiro Evero has out. It's he has outkicked the coverage. Vastly he has hit it hard. What's a good golf phrase for hitting a monster off the tee that you didn't expect? He yeah. got a hold of one, but I don't think that you can just say he's got a top 10 defense and that's it. I would say his defense has been remarkably good given the fact he ain't got shit. That's what I would say. That's my number one point. And you know what? The defense has gotten better out of every unit. The defense arguably is the only one that's gotten better from week to week. And I don't know how, given the fuck that I don't even know half the players on the team. And I fucking watch this team. Don't act like I don't know the name of this. What was that dude? Trumbull or whatever. Not having having to start in two corners the majority of the year. Dante Jackson missed time. Agreed. Jeremy Chen Chen missed time. Nice magician move. And Carolina has not allowed a 300-yard passer all season. And we're third in overall total defense. But that is a misleading stat. That is, that is vastly outperforming expectations. That's like your expectations. Your, your there's pieces to that that are just – you're, you're misleading the people. Minus. You're no, also leaving out the fact that we have the fewest pass attempts out of any team in the NFL placed against our defense. So you can't put that we have – We actually don't even know firing. if we have a good secondary. Right. But, but couldn't that also – Go in my favor. We've had all of these injured corners, and yet they're not even attempting to throw the ball again. Because <laughs> they, oh they don't have Because they're up to. by 21 they're, points, they're, bro. They, they're not, up even, by 21 points. Even when you look at games in the past six weeks, we have been in close games with just about <laughs> everyone outside of fucking, what, the Cowboys? Like, come on. It was a close. With yeah, the Colts game over. 20 snap, Colts over. Cowboys over. Um, I want to say this. I would have to look at the game. Yeah, man, I guess. I mean, and there's in the Titans. But, but you know what? Always trailing. Look, and how about this? Going yeah, back to the watch. David Newton. No. Does the David Newton tweet or whatever clip about not leading in the fourth quarter. Does that suggest that any of these teams, whether the game is close or not, have had to try to push the pedal to the metal offensively to beat us? No, they just have to not lose. Look, I think we are arguing over different things. I truly think we're arguing or maybe we are just – I think this, you know, oh, the last point to people say me, I don't know how, if you can bring anybody back. I just don't know if it's going to be healthy. I don't know if, imagine what the fucking narrative would be if they gave Evero the head coaching position. Promoting a black man, finally. Didn't give him no fucking tools to work with. Steve Wilkes all over again. I don't know. I just, I have a hard time believing that the answer to the coaching solution is on the roster. Not that the person that Evero couldn't do it, but that Dave Gettleman is going to hire anybody. To think that 
Tabor. What if Tabor wins out? You think he's gonna hire him? Nope. Well, he also doesn't really want to. I would. Like, you don't know that. Ever? I mean, that was you all just the made that, that shit up. No, I didn't. You just Everybody made that up. That he had no aspirations to be a hand coach. Oh my god! That was one of the main reasons made why that shit up. Oh no, because god. also let's say up. you made a zero Rivero the interim coach. If the team looks bad, then it's like everybody's putting it all on Zero Rivero when it had nothing to do with him. I honestly think it was a mercy to not <laughs> name Zero Rivero the interim head coach because then you're not blaming all the crap with this team on him. Don't disagree, but you're trying to tell me if Chris, you, you think Chris Tabor's going to decline the interview? Uh, whatever, dude. No one's hiring Tabor. But uh, I agree. I, oh, dude, I totally agree with that. No, no, dude, I wanted to highlight this because I think Strat said we got to get through this call. We uh, still have a lot of calls. I thought we would be done an hour. Neither side is including the point through the missing players. Uh, though the missing players are a large factor, and we still did well in most of the games. That's what I'm saying. When you add all the context together of everything that we've been missing and the lack of talent and the other ineptitude on offense. Dude, Ivero vastly outkicked the coverage this year. Vastly. We've only said that over and over again. So, nah, you didn't, though. Yes, we did. Just said nah, it's not a top 10 kind of fucking it. defense. Said it's not a top 10 defense, and I will not fucking budge on that. I can look at this. Where is it? Where is it? What What number? Middle of the pack. Like what? Give me a number. 15. 12, 15, somewhere also, in there. It's not top 10, but it's top 15. And you're fighting about that? Yes, because your bitch oh, ass said yeah, five yeah. earlier. And yeah, I tried yeah. to give I you some. Five, you I, tried, top 10. I tried you to give you some leeway. I was trying to be nice to say, is no. it even top 10? You asked me top 10. I know, because you had it. kept saying top five. Over and over, you kept it. dropping no, those names. Top five. I, I, yes, I was saying what other people said that we were oh. number three and number four <laughs> in yards allowed. Guess what? I would. I would take. Yes. I would take fucking ten defenses over this one any day. And you know what? That doesn't mean I'll take ten defensive coordinators over Ajiro Evero. Uh, you'll take ten, but not twelve, right? No, I don't think, again, I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. And I don't think this is a Jira, a ref, referendum on a Jira Evero. But I think you trying to say this is a top 10 defense is just misleading. I think you should yeah. just I start with this. Stop. Is a Jira no, Evero should have had a bottom 20 defense and somehow it's in the top 15. No, well, I think that's a fucking big ass compliment. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with that statement. All right, let's go I, to the next call. More impressive than that. I disagree. <laughs> more impressive. More. Well, gosh, he sucks dick too. More right, right. fucking impressive than that. Oh my god, you made me fuck the call up. Nah, you didn't. And we got to listen to a whole nother three minutes. Right, this guy right, telling me why we got to. This is part two. Gonna... You haven't heard? Go listen to the first one. But like I we said, we heard it and argued Frank about it for seventy four minutes. That game winning drive, he would have, he would have found some fucking way to lose. That man is a loser, always will be. I, I don't wish nobody downfall, but him, he's right on the edge. I pray on for that man's downfall. He's right on the edge, bro. 
But um, I'm ready to talk about free agency. I look, you want Devontae Adams. I see Higgins. See Higgins. But, hey, fuck it. I know we don't got a first-round draft pick. I need y'all to answer this question. Like, truthfully, how mad would y'all be if we said, okay, we don't have no draft picks, whatever, yada, yada. But fuck it. Let's draft all master class linemen. Let's try to get the best linemen that's in the draft. Done. Every single I'm one in. from center, guard. I just tackle. nutted in my pants. Every single one of them. And probably like a wide receiver. Like, like, come on, bro. They picked up Tank in the third round. You, you know what I'm saying? Bryce knows some wide receivers. He looks at this guy and goes, oh, yeah, he's nice. I want him. Like Shroud did. Shroud said, I want Tank. He's nice. He's nasty. Bro, Bryce, you need to do some of your own recruiting, bro. And this is much as your team has as much as mine. Shit, I've been a Panthers fan longer than him. Tell you that. But, nah. All right. Well, I'm ready to thank talk you. About Thanks for the call. Thanks for the play more than one call, uh, minute and a half. Answer that question. For me, it's very simple. This is what I fucking have been saying. Not only have I been saying slamming the fucking build the wall for fucking eight years now. I feel like so long ago that I feel bad for saying build that wall because like it's just like a stale ass campaign slogan. Like I tried to campaign in 2017 on build that wall and nobody elected me. So I went back in 2019 for more. Nobody elected me. Then I went back this year, build that wall. My, if I was the GM and I'm not qualified to be, but half of these motherfuckers ain't qualified either. Ultimately, I just say this is I'm investing a lot of resources, both in free agency and the NFL draft to the offensive line. That's it. Like if I am, and I and I know, look, you never pick in the draft just like, hey, this is the need. But, like, if we could get a top, like, a, a good center in the second or third and not have him start right away, you know, a third rounder, a center who comes in and plays his second year or if Bozeman gets hurt his rookie year, we can go and get the top flight free agent. I think we need to make three additions on the offensive line, two in free agency, one in the draft, or one in free agency and two in the draft. But anything less than three, I don't think is enough. I think you are uh, band-aiding something something you need to tourniquet. That's my opinion. Build that wall. I would, you know what? I get a hard-on drafting offensive linemen now. Just do it all. I'm in the, I, you know what? I like them chunky. <laughs> I like them chunky. Let's go to the next call. Gentlemen, how you doing? Hey, uh, we need to start talking about head coaches. I oh, think if God. we start talking now. Ejiro Evero, head coach. Spread the word, have some kind of influence, because there's nothing I hate more than fucking pundits and experts chiming in on their fucking shit just to get their airtime. I think we need to talk about uh, pros and cons. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, let's go ahead and take out all the fucking old fogies out. 
because, you know, unless he's just coming in as a stopgap, uh, I just don't think Tepper, Tepper wants to go with uh, an old fogey. But uh, we really need to consider Ajiro Averro. I think I think he's not being talked about enough. Um, look at what he's done with the defense. He's been working with mostly scrubs. First year in a three-four. I just, I, I just, I can't. You can't deny what he's been able to get out of the players. Uh, you can't put a price on that. And I, I mean, yeah, I know there's a lot of jibber jabber about Wilkes, and everyone wanted to play it for him. But what I saw in the field last uh, last year was. Almost half the time, they looked really shitty, almost like they took a week off. And I just don't see that uh, out of Vivero. I think he's better than Wilkes. I think we have to find a way to keep him. Sure, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach right now. Maybe he'd like to stay, but we got to find a way. So let's say we do get an old phone. Hopefully we can keep Vivero as, a, as someone who could be a head coach later. Uh, but the other person is Slowick. I like Slowick, like Cody does. Uh, I've heard about what the players are saying about challenging every inch on the field. Um, but I just, I just don't know that much about him. I, I don't know if the players are going to play for him. He may be a little overwhelmed with head coaching. Uh, next one is Ben Johnson. I'm not liking this guy. I know, I know he's the pundit's pick. I just don't, I just don't like his vibe. There's something off. I'm just not seeing him coming into any team. And people wanted to go, you know, run through fucking brick walls for the guy. Right. I think they can do that with Averro or Mike Tomlin, maybe if he's if he's available, maybe Jim Harbaugh. But uh, we gotta find a way to keep Averro. Just my thoughts. Uh, what do you guys think? What are the pros and cons? Um. Again, I I agree. I think we should keep Averro if we can. Uh, he's already declined to come back to the Denver Broncos when he when they had a new uh-huh. coaching regime. Um, to come back, they wanted him back as a defensive coordinator, and he declined that opportunity. Um, now that's not just that could be in lieu of the fact that we already had an offer out to him, but I I don't think I think that was news before we uh <laughs> were interviewing him. Uh, thank you. Um, I mean, if you're talking about head coaching again, I'm not saying completely remove him from the running. I just don't personally, I don't think that putting him as a head coach is going to be a uh a situation that. Um, I feel like it wouldn't set us up for success moving forward. Um, and, uh, and, and, and mainly because I've, I've seen the, the teams that have the most success draw from successful franchises. Um, and, uh, that's what I'm hoping that we'll be able to do, um, instead of this consistent recycling of, of, you know, head coach, like we did from, uh, from, you know, the Colts, unfortunately. All right. We're going to the next call. We're powering through. Seasons, greetings from Idaho, C3 family. I just wanted to call in, wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Chanukka, Happy New Year. Festivus. Cody, I'm really sorry your Falcons lost last weekend. (laughs) Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Fuck that dumb shit, bro. Uh, It's all right. Next year, the Falcons might be better. Um, I'm just kidding, man. I love you. Hey, uh, I just wanted to put my two cents in. Um, anybody's on the, you know, quarterback this side or that side. Um, Tony, I think you're right. You just want to see, uh, uh, get a little better. Um, 
every week. You know, we haven't really seen that. And I would just throw it out there these last few games. You know, let's let's just see if Bryce can outplay the opponent's quarterback. Chalk that up for a win. Who cares what the score is? Um, I would ask you guys, what games has Bryce outplayed the opposing quarterback? No ifs, ands, or buts. No Brady Christensen tore his bicep. No excuses. Just what games did he outplay? Because those quarterbacks have issues, too. Two games. Um, I'm just putting it out there. I hope you guys have a great one. Um, Cody, you talked about sending you some potatoes, man. I'll uh, I'll email Cat Chronicles. You, uh, <laughs> you feel comfortable? I'll send you some potatoes, man. Send you some tater sticks. Please? You don't even know what you're getting into there. No, we half don't. Half French fry, half tater tot. Oh, holy moly! Take care. Keep pounding, C three. Um, I think the answer to his question is two. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to argue that. Texans and Falcons. Yeah. Because even in the close games, the first Falcons game, uh, through two picks that led to losing. Um Carr played like shit every game, but hit a couple of plays down the stretch. Maybe you could say Carr in the second game but we lost 28 to 6 i don't even know if that's possible two games the answer is two games he's only outplayed quarterbacks in two games all right and i would say anybody i challenge anybody to tell me what other game um i couldn't i don't think there is one um i i did want to on the note of bryce um so apparently he's at the hornets game tonight um so cody that bodes well because uh, based on the opinion you had of C.J. Stroud going to his white party, um, and, and oh C.J. you know C.J. Stroud out here just I destroying want my things at a black party. Yeah, yeah. So C. Like you know, the, fact that, the fact that he's not out here, you know, studying tape and 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 working with his receivers and stuff like that. Bryce Young uh, might actually, uh, you know, throw for three hundred yards this this week, guys. He needs some fucking time away from football. I, I agree. Hey, Shit. Tabor gave him the week off or That's the a, day that off last week, and then it turned into them. That's being... interesting. That's an interesting thought. I was wondering about that. I was wondering if we were going to bring that up that that Tabor gave them the day off, even though they didn't win. Um, and I think you have to do that when you're talking about a team that's only got one win up to that point. Like they haven't had a Monday off. You think in like the extra, like ten more minutes of studying at that point is going. If you failed every math test, and you got a math test the next day, and you're like, "Fuck it," you got to study for fifteen more minutes, and you're dog ass tired. That that fifteen minutes is really going to fucking do anything. Tabor, uh, you know, I think when you get the funk of losing on you and you, we heard Jonathan Stewart when he came on this podcast, uh, CK, he talked about how everybody else stopped believing in them, but they found a way to continue to believe in themselves. I don't think the Panthers believed in themselves this year. And I'm not saying that they gave up. I'm not saying they quit, but I think even it was crept into their psychology is like, so this monkey, I don't know if we can get it off our back. 
And I don't know if just dwelling on it more, it's like more film study is going to change this. I don't think the Panthers have played loose. I agree. And if anything, that's what I would say about Bryce, that it was the concern going forward about starting him and about putting him out there is him playing. I don't think Bryce has played bad. I think he hasn't played with the confidence and the swagger. I just that think that we wanted that he has always played. I think there's a couple of factors. Um, and again, I, I know we want to move on to other calls. I think there's a couple like when we first started the year, um, Bryce was holding on to the ball a little bit too long. Right. And then he overcorrected because of the yeah. people in his ear. And he started throwing the ball away at the too first quickly. sign of pressure. Yeah. Right. Um, and and then he's getting told that that's the wrong thing to do. And so every time he's made an adjustment, he has been the one at fault for making the decisions to do what he's doing. And and I think that there could be a sense of, you know, you're starting to think too much, right? You're starting to think about what's going yes. on too off. Like you're 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 now staring down your first receiver because you're like, all right, this is the guy we're supposed to go to. This is the perfect coverage. This is what we're going to be doing. And 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 maybe you're not coming off of that guy fast enough to be able to see you have a streaking wide open uh Miles Sanders on the uh, you know, coming out of the backfield. Right. I get that. Um, but I do think that this game made me feel like these guys just started to feel like they were they felt natural. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like anything was being forced down their or throats. Or at least it, starting to. Yeah. You know, it's just go play some football. Right. And that's why I didn't that's where I get fucking annoyed by the over oh creativity on offense the play like sometimes you just got to go and win the down right win the play and shrug off your you get it, think about it like putting or baseball is right. baseball might be another great sport where it's so mental but the mental part becomes your own brain. That's the fucking problem. You need to cut your, and you know, if anything, that's actually what may be, have been Bryce Young's greatest, I guess the slowdown right now, or what we thought was not going to like, you know, there wasn't going to be this transition period is they talk about game, the game slowing down, Right is that you just start to react and play and you could see it Bryce out there thinking yeah. you can see him out there and you get frustrated and then you get more and more frustrated. And we've all been there guys. We know, look, I know this is that when Cody's not here to help me with the comments or I can't tell you how much Cody just starting the show takes the mental pressure off where I can just go and flow into it in the beginning. I think Bryce and the whole team wasn't flowing. And they're still not, by the way. But you got to be able to play loose and fast, and they haven't been doing that. Uh, Cody, you want the real answer? Hey, Tony, this is these man. What's up, dude? Uh, I just wanted to drop you a line. You know, it's that time of year again. Um, well, wanted dude. to wish you and your family. A very Merry Christmas, brother, man. We Everybody in C3 Nation appreci you, appreciates what you do. And uh, I want to wish everyone involved with C3 uh, a very Merry Christmas as well. I was just kind of thinking. Merry I was Christmas, thinking, you brother. know, you might want to mention a couple of things on the show. 
you know, first of all, carolinacatchronicles.com is still there. We got C3 mugs available for the holidays for those gifts, uh, for those guys that work. Um, it's a great coffee mug is a great way to go, especially for a boss. You don't know what to get him. He's got everything up, but he don't have a C3 mug. You know, you could go that route. Mm. Um, on the other side of the coin, you got some people at work. You don't like that much. You know, we could always go the Panther picker pickle route and get them a shut the hell up t-shirt. Carolinacatchronicles.com. You know, um, that's the, you know, the one gift you can, you can give and, and then kind we- of play it off and be like, well, hey, it's just a podcast to listen to. You know, Pickle's crazy. He's say anything. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not telling you to shut the hell up. I mean, I like you personally, boss man. Or, you know, if, if you don't like your boss and you really don't care about your job, you know, you could get him a, a G baby shirt, you know, just let, let the guy know that he makes you FNC. I mean, it's just that simple. And, and you can play that out of hers right you know, now. Hey, you know, that's G baby. I didn't say it. You know what I mean? G baby does all that. <laughs> Man, you know, give this to your me. uncle at uh, yeah, Christmas sure, that you, you know, don't like. Time to get those gifts to those coworkers and uh, other friends and family from the C3 Panthers podcast and CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You know, I, I didn't want to, you know, do a cat call and like just shamelessly plug it or anything. I just figured I'd casually give you a call, Tony, and let you know you may want to mention those things. Yeah, <laughs> My beneath man. the brand ambassador just to, to call in and continue you to know it. website carolinacatchronicles.com <laughs> and the merchandise you know the mug and the, the t-shirts uh Panther big old g baby all there for you yeah, yeah I, I didn't want to do any of that so man i just wanted to call in and say what's up bro you know happy holidays he's um, just happy uh, holidays to all the c3 brethren um hopefully you get a lot of cat calls tonight hopefully a lot of people call in hopefully you have a good show um yeah just one last thing uh tell my man cody Thomas said, hey. Thomas said, what's up? Love that guy. Come out, man. Take care. Happy holidays. Indeed. Keep passing through. I love that guy, man. I love that. You don't even know how much I love so many of you. (laughs) Don D's. He's the man. But, like, there are some people. Not, uh, there's a lot and I mean there's probably like 60 or 70 people or more that I feel some type of good way about when it comes oh, to uh, like it's like gosh you care more about not more about but you care like good good fucking people man just as much as any of us man dude C3 is family bro this is, you know C3 is Family, but I made lifelong friends with this man. Right. No, Obviously, yeah. YouTube, man. So many people in the chat. Uh, Kev, Pickle, Dees, Strats, Nick, bro, Drew. There's so many people that have just been absolutely incredible uh, that I've gotten to know through this pod, man. And we appreciate y'all. And by the way, dude, Dees has been making these killer AI generated uh, profile uh, pictures of everyone. And dude, let me tell he's you, he's branching out. I love this. Now he's got a baby. This he's got uh, everybody. JJ, look, smoke. Uh, I haven't seen muscles yet. JJ's looks cool as shit. All right, let's go to let's keep going with some calls. Hey, this is Panther Pickle. I just wanted to say. Everybody have a Merry Christmas. Shut the hell up. Oh. <laughs> I won't be around Sunday. I'm leaving Saturday and going to West Virginia with my wife's family. I'm not coming back till Monday. But I'll keep the fort down. Keep pounding. Beat the Packers. And to all the Packer fans in the world, shut Josh the hell up. Shut the hell up. 
And y'all have a great day. And Packer fans, keep your cheese up. Dude, uh, Pickle is such a, Pickle is, is becoming famous. Uh, not only yeah. when we went to training camp, did people just walk up to him and say, can you take a picture with me and say, shut oh, yeah. the hell up. They say, somebody said, give me a shut the hell up. And which is where the whole genesis of, I think, the, the entire shirt came from is like, oh, shit, this is a calling card. Somebody wrote on the YouTube channel the other day, does Pickle have his own podcast? <laughs> like, and it was like, I think he did. I think he did start his own uh, uh, YouTube. Well, they're interested yeah. in it. They're interested. And what I'm Dude, interested in is helping uh, our people, our friends, and our family develop their platform. Yeah. And um, if we can do that, not under. Uh, and and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. It's like under a C bre- C three umbrella, uh, because that sounds like it would benefit us. What I would like to do is help you build your platform on the C three foundation, a network. Yeah, where we can a continue network. to build. And what I found is this: is I thought there would be a saturation point. Uh, not I didn't really. I don't know if I really thought this. But these y'all, the people that listen to our podcast or are in here, they can't get enough, dude. You could give them 24-7 coverage and they would fucking be in there. Comment. I'm exhausted. And they're, they're like, let's queue up a spaces and fucking talk this shit out. I'm like, holy cow, you guys. I love y'all. Uh so yeah, let's build together. Let's uh and and especially since I have look, we've already incurred some of the expense, the initial expense that maybe can free and liberate you guys from some of that. Let's figure it out. Yeah, I want uh you guys to figure out you're smarter than I am. Let's go. Or shut the hell up either way. I started at 10 years ago. Never followed. They showed Thomas Brown on the sideline. I noticed there was no play call sheet in his hand. Oh, he had one. He just holds it low. Was he not playing, uh, calling plays directly or was he just calling plays off, off? Nah, he was, I saw it. Uh, I, at first I saw that same image. I was like, what the hell is he was just looking over there? Like out of a, what, he was holding it low, brought it up late. Um, but also, I don't think there was a crazy Im- impetus for speed in that game. Like, it wasn't like, oh, shit, we got to get this play in. It's like, we're about to run the ball. We're just trying to figure out what we're going to do. All right, next call. Chat here. I think Frank's system was wrong for the team. I think we all can admit that. He was stubborn, and we saw him admit he was stubborn in week three when he doubled down on, uh, I forget who it was that asked him, but someone said something about the play calls, and he, you can remember this point. I, you should remember this point where he got kind of kind of mad about it and doubled down on it and said, my plays are working. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, fast forward, and Frank gets fired. Uh, and I'll skip over all of the stuff about the athletic article that covers things about people trying to get him to change some stuff around, and he still wasn't changing it. Thomas comes in. He's still in a first-year role. He's basically a rookie in the role of calling plays. And 
at this point, we see in week one, he starts to integrate some new plays. But here's the thing. Frank got fired on, like, was it Monday or Tuesday? You only have a few days to integrate. Like, what, the playbook was created by Frank. So what more? Can, we can't throw out the whole playbook. We have to utilize what we have and build off of what we have, build off of those concepts with other concepts that might be kind of in line with it. So it's not going to be like an immediate overnight thing. It has to be, first off, keep in mind, again, he's still a rookie in play calling, but, you know, then he's only capable of, they only have so many practices between when Frank was fired. Plus you have the shift change of all the stuff going on and the high up range of everything. Like it's a messy situation week one. Week two, we see more improvement. I've seen, we've seen improvements week to week to week. And I can't sit here and say he's not trying. It looks like he might be. It looks like he is. I think when, in regards to like, sure, are there things that he can improve on? I, 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 yes, 100%. I mean, we all can improve on things. The team as a whole has many things they need to improve on. But we can't look at this and just sit. We should be looking at the last three games because this has been a topsy-turvy, up-and-down ride roller coaster for everyone involved on that team. Mm -hmm. I have a lot more, but I don't want to just keep this going on. I disagree. I'll save what I have for Friday free-for-all. How's that? But maybe you can speak to some of those points. I disagree. Keep telling me. All right. He said the last three, right? Um, the Panthers scored nine points in the last game and had 200 yards of offense. I think we should just put a asterisk on that one just because of the weather, right? But the Panthers got smoked 28 to six by the Saints the week before. Thomas Brown was calling the plays then. 21 to 18, Panthers calling the play. He's calling the plays. I don't know if I have seen this notable improvement from week to week. I would say this is we, that, that felt a little recency bias to me. And that is we had a competent looking team this last week. So, Oh, obviously we have been trending up. Go check the fucking post game and the Tuesday night show from one week ago. And see how we were feeling about Thomas Brown and the offense and the trajectory. I understand that Frank Reich was not the solution or even part of things going well. I just think to say Thomas Brown's offense is notably different is underwhelming of an argument to me. But again, I like to maintain consistency when I say it's hard to know what you have in a play caller if they're handicapped by trash talent. Oh, like, well, this thank is you, Frank, right? I mean, but dude, this is literally, oh, I what? said that same thing about Frank, right? right? I said that same thing about Joe Brady uh, once upon a time when everybody wanted him to be fired. It's like that there's only so much that you can expect from these coaches. By the way, I said this to everyone who would listen. Uh, uh, as soon as they named Thomas Brown the brand new play caller, because everybody was excited. Oh, Frank Reich and this terrible offense is not going to call it no more. Now we'll see what this offense can do. 
And I'm like, no, he's not going to wave his hand and all of a sudden produce another wide receiver that can separate or another, or another guard that can, right. that can block on the interior. He's not. We finally got two guards that pass. blocked this week. And guess what? You scored nine points. No, I mean, you well, actually had like, some semblance of positive movement forward. Right. And I, I even think that with Frank Wright, too. For as terrible as this offense was, say he didn't adjust, whatever. He clearly did not have the type of players to run the kind of offenses that he's been able to run and has been successful running before. And we talked to um, the Colts guy, uh, Colts Law, what was his name? Um, And he talked a lot about Frank letting go of some of that might be helpful. I don't believe that Frank Reich should have come out and said, I want to phase Thomas Brown in from the beginning. I think he should have brought Thomas Brown in said, I'm going to be, he's going to be my offensive coordinator. I'm going to mentor him in the process. And if he gets in over his head, then I might step in more. I think Frank Reich did it backwards or actually, I don't think I know he did. And then the fact that he had to give it to him, then take it back. So I'm not going to defend Frank Reich's offensive prowess here. I just don't know if we should celebrate Thomas Brown's necessarily. But you know what? I'm rooting for him. Young play, young coach who just last week we were talking about his wife saying, you're fired, we're all fired, this and that. If this team can build a little momentum... Maybe he has a job somewhere next year. Maybe it's not offensive coordinator, but maybe he has a job. Let's go to the next call. That fan, come on. Hey, hey, hey. You know who the fuck it is. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka. What's good with my motherfucking dogs tonight? CK, what's good with that shiny-ass bun head, G? I told you, bro, you're the only one that makes that shit just look so fucking nice, dog. I need it. My, my dad got a bald head, but it ain't as shiny as that, motherfucker. It's the lighting. You got good lighting. Hey, Cody Lack. Cody Lack, Cody Lack, Cody Lack. I got beef with you, man. What else is We'll handle that on Twitter. You dig? My white Italian brother. What's good with you? I love what he says you did. Uh, I told you were definitely wrong on this, my G. Listen, y'all. We have to build this offensive line. We got to build the wall. I definitely agree on that. But when I tell you the year of 2024 will be the year that will be the greatest wide receiver draft class ever. It will be better than the 2011 draft class. I need y'all to trust me on this. There's nothing but aliens in this draft class. When you have an Xavier Worthy or a Troy Franklin or an A.D. Mitchell at pick 33, you pull the fucking trigger. Those are aliens. Okay. If they're that good. You guys want T. Higgins this, T. Higgins that? That is A.D. Mitchell going into the fucking NFL. There's levels to this fucking shit. What? He's saying that this other player is a team quality I like that fucking move. Shaquille Griffin. I like that. Oh, shut move. the fuck up. I'd rather have the one-handed Shaquille. Yeah. Trying to build a win- 
Like that shit works and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I'd rather bring in the bet, the gay Jacksons of, of the world. It holds the fucking offensive line through free agency. But when I say we must, and I say we must take a couple wide receivers from this fucking draft class, it is so fucking necessary. Aliens. We need aliens. <laughs> there's freaks, DJ, there's monsters, uh, and then there's fucking aliens. We need aliens. I love G Baby's fucking lingo. to this fucking shit. I talked about bringing Andrew Norwell back to play left guard. I got clowned for that shit, but that's neither here or there, right? Oh, yeah. Nah, he would have been a... A lot of you motherfuckers. Where were we at with that? I love G Baby's... Y'all know who the fuck this is. It's G Baby. G Baby's lingo is always, if you can take out the N word, right is that he's always got some advanced language that i love like he calls me his white italian brother i'm like all in i'm all in on that um g baby i'll say this is when it comes to the wide receivers when i'm talking about not drafting a wide receiver i am only doing that a vacuum of not knowing who the fuck is out there Oh. So if this is one of if that class if there are players and it is like that, then that definitely will change the equation. The other thing that he brought up was I can't remember. Um oh I wanted to say this about I feel like prize picks when they sign us back and they we use in because you guys are using the promo code C three. We could have told them when they rolled out this goblins and what was it? Demons and goblins. For Christmas, they should have done like Grinches and elves or something. Right. And then changed it to that. They were way off on this marketing point. Sorry. C3 Pro. (laughs) Maybe that's not the best advertisement there, but uh, use the promo code C3. Product's great. Don't know if the messaging was perfect for the season. Maybe they should have done little baby Jesuses and little devils. Oh, or I was think they're in trouble with all the other religious folk. Oh, because Muslims gamble all the time. No, because oh. uh, Christians gamble all the time. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so now you're rubbing it in mm. their face. Wait, no, maybe it's okay God for knows, Jewish people God to gamble. Knows no, I got to figure out. Now I got to go spend my night trying to figure out if it's okay <laughs> for Christians to gamble. Oh, you already people. repented, dude. You already repented. I also played prize picks already. So my I might have to go <laughs> back already if I go and check the damn cannon out. Yeah, probably. Uh, here we go. It's G, baby. Right on time. Fucking Tony talking shit about my nigga Kirk Bang, <laughs> aka Curtis fucking Samuel. Um, y'all want to know what's fucking funny? My white Italian brother has Curtis Samuel on his fucking fantasy fucking team in the C3. <laughs> he gets on him like fucking crazy. I don't start that he bitch. around praising Demir Bird. Are you that fucking kidding me, Tony? But this is the same motherfucker that doesn't know fucking Cam Newton should be a fucking Hall of Fame QB. Chirp, chirp. Tony, what the fuck? And I'm over here defending you left and right. 
Of course, this team would be a whole lot better with my nigga Curtis Daniel. The Swiss Army Knife, man. The nigga that we Who's hurt 98, 7,000 times. Do you, you love Demir Bird? I know, but he's undrafted and cheap. So stop with the bullshit. Sit on Curtis Samuel and he's on your fantasy team. Stop it. Bryce Young is one of five QBs. Well, starting NFL QBs that have two winning drive, winning game, winning drive this season. Put some respect on BY9. Is this possible? That nasty dead leg he had. Um, Bryce Young's averaging eight yards per carry right now. That's more than any running back. I can't believe this stat. But that dead leg he has. It's we need to run him. We need to run him more. Niggas left and right on the field. Put some respect on BY9's name. The truth. Sick of the bullshit. But if he came out into the fucking hurricane throwing lame ass ducks the whole day, that's what fucking Cody Lack and company were projecting. They were projecting him to come into this hurricane throwing ducks, and they wanted him to throw nothing but interception. And guess what? That didn't fucking happen. It was 5-5, five to five, 68 yards on a 92-yard drive, leading us down to fucking over the game. Put some respect on his fucking name. We don't, so we don't surround Bryce with weapons. And when we go off and beat the fucking Packers, and we go off and have a four-game winning streak into the offseason, and we got five wins this season, y'all better keep the same fucking energy. And y'all know who... Nah, that's what is. we want. Like we are. That. That's our energy. And I'm out. Y'all, all my brothers, C3 for fucking life. It's in my blood, baby. I love you, boys. The day I fucking die. Love you, too. Um, you ever understand there's a fine line between love and hate? I feel like we tear on that line for G-Baby. <laughs> no, not me. I love I always love no, G-Baby. No, he's saying I, that. No, he's saying for, that uh, we for, are, for him. He, for him. He teeters like he either hates us or he loves us. Yeah, he, it's always like right on the line with G. I think you have to just understand a certain personality a certain temperature a certain energy and i get it that's why when g baby comes hard in the pain after me i know he's going to call me his white italian brother in two seconds you know so i don't think he teeters totters i just think he's so passionate and he only has a line between black and white not literally not racial black and white but even though he says the n-word like crazy um that's been the topic of conversation recently. Yeah, which, by the way, my black brother who calls me, who makes me feel cool sometimes, no wonder you be smoking in the bathroom trying to keep your old lady happy. She looks fly as fuck in that picture, and you <laughs> are cool as shit. But look at this. Let me pull up your fucking balling ass Curtis Samuel. Oh man, we're gonna get stuck on this. Never had more than eight hundred and fifty one yards receiving. Yeah, that's not all on him. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my fucking it's not all on him. One it was misused. You're right. Entire, you know what? It's not on him. He was misused. 
Did no. he ever use him? You know what's wrong? You know what? It's not actually, you know what the fuck it is? It is on him. He's yeah. never even he played and he's only played one season in 17 games. Yeah, it's still better than whatever shit we got going on. And we still oh never used them correctly. You stupid. And they always had a number one wide receiver that they were getting the ball to, either DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. Bro, he I mean, has, well, uh, you, he's a he, good player, man. He was he, drafted with Christian McCaffrey to basically be exactly like Christian McCaffrey. I know. Right? Duplication of talent, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, they were I, trying to go for versatility that year and. Uh, they just became. I just don't uh, want to hear him say it's not. It's not only on him. Where the motherfucker has only played one season in his whole fucking career. He's only played one season, and in that one full season he played, he only had six hundred fifty-six uh, yards. So you know what? Fuck you and your look. Curtis Samuel is good. When he's out there, he is a Swiss army knife, but to act like all of a sudden this motherfucker is an answer for anything. I am. You guys have always been overrating this dude. Look, we've all been happy and excited rooting for him, but the motherfucker is not as game changing as you guys make him out to be. Next call. Hey, what's up guys. It's your band. hundred bands, hundred bands. Uh, just had a quick thought. Um, okay, so Bryce Young, and then we had Ritter with Atlanta. Uh, they went to battle in the muck, in the shit, and in, in the into the thick of it. All right, so Ritter strikes me as a quarterback that is factory made, meaning he can play indoors and he can he can excel at certain things. But I got to give credit where it's due to Bryce. The dude won in a gritty, ah, just yeah. grimy kind of way. We grinded it out. It wasn't the greatest performance, in my opinion, but I did see a flash there. So just curious what your guys' thoughts were on factory-made quarterbacks versus somebody that has an intangible, and is there is there a little bit of that that dog in this Bryce? And, you know, know. is it worth pursuing and moving forward with? Appreciate the uh, the pod. Been listening for a long time. Thank you guys very much. Loved all. Merry Christmas. Appreciate you, man. 100 bands. We appreciate it. I mean, listen, he basically asked a million-dollar question. Like, do we see that dog in Bryce? Do we see somebody that can continue to elevate players around him, elevate his own performance? Again, like I don't feel like this season has answered any of those questions fully. And I think it's it's been an impossible scenario for him to answer any of those questions. Yeah. The 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 simple truth that people don't really want to hear is this gonna take another year, if not two, to really know what we have in Bryce. And even then, that's like hoping that you know what you have in him at that point in time. And right. I there's think- a there's a potential that we don't know. And we don't keep him, and he goes somewhere else, and he he has that. He shows what that potential is, right? Or so. they, ne- or never meets that potential that could have been, right? The other thing, though, is is you can't call him. Um, I, if the question is, is he a factory made quarterback? The answer is no. 
Because in my factory, I'm making them taller and stronger and faster. Isn't that what he's talking about? He was talking about uh, Desmond Ritter is the one that was factory oh, made. Okay. Fa- okay. I got you. Um, all right. Two more calls and then ca- uh, ice ups and then we'll go. How about this? I thought we were going to be done by 1030. Yeah. What's up, guys? This yeah. is Al. Um, Greg, uh, CK, Craig, and um, Cody. What? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think you keep it. Uh, I think you keep Everett. He's a good coordinator, and the offensive woes contribute to the defense looking so good, but also the same bad numbers that DK was talking about. When you have an offense that can't can't move the ball at all, and they're constantly giving the team the ball right here, like on the. 30-yard line, 40-yard line. Of course, the teams are going to run. They're not really going to pass a lot. So, <clears throat> I think he's a good coordinator. I think we should try to keep him. But I don't know if he'll want to stay. But I think we should try to keep him. And um, please, no more Taylor. Please get him out of there. He's he's one of the one guys that was in fighting or whatever, whatever. So, Get him out of there. Cold as fucking Jacksonville. Later, guys. Have a good night. All right. Final call of the night goes to my bastard son. Uh, you're lucky I let you come home for this moment. Yo, it's my Charlie Espresso. Yeah, I'm laughing at y'all's argument about this defense because everything that Cody is saying. It's what literally people have been saying about Bryce Young. Cody is saying is what Twitter the same to Cody about Bryce Young. <laughs> no, it, about what except we're talking about real things. Everything Vera is doing, people are saying Bryce Young is doing. I, I, I just find it hilarious. Um, you were not a top ten defense. No, we're, we give up the eleven yards. Yes, you did. Yeah, you stupid. The numbers said different. Oh, number. I thought you said because our offense and numbers they just run the ball on us. They do. And we give up 70% of these. You're talking about yards, but not not the other parts that are the most important. Listen to the call, fellas. Um, to me, I'm, I think he's all right as a defensive corner, but I, we just went through this with Frank hiring the all-star coaching staff. And look how that turned out. People were stabbing each other in the back. Just let the new head coach pick his guys. If he wants to have your back, cool. But let the head coach pick who he trusts the most and what he wants to implement. To put in. Um, that's all I got. Cody, don't be a hypocrite. All right. Uh, hypocrite. I'm talking about actual numbers, dude. Actual numbers. When hey, people the... talk to me about Bryce, they do the hypotheticals of, oh, his numbers would be this if he was on this team. Okay, I'm talking about the actual numbers. No, that when no I am to too. Defensive leaders that, that there are now multiple publications that have shit like this that say in yards allowed, the Panthers are number three. That's hey, a get... real fucking number. Hey, well, what do they say about points allowed per game by this defense? Okay, that, how is that all on your barrow? 
I've said all that. that we don't have an offense. The, you can't on say the that these the are not uh, these are on a the and then pick stats no that you don't like and say how are they yeah, on I mean, there? The point that I'm saying like, because here they're is good that, on these stats. It's Avero, right. and then oh, these stats I don't like. Oh, that how is that Avero's fault? Yeah, because he's been missing more than half of his defense Gosh. all year. You would have been a, a great magician. You should have been able to do that, dude. It's Look a over here as I it's jerk off on your girlfriend. He's been able to do that, dude. Thank you, Roosevelt. Okay. Roosevelt has all right. some Those are all the calls tonight. Did we ever mention that Justin Houston got released? Nope. <laughs> That's no. how much he didn't matter to this team. Okay. <laughs> uh, I thought I had a great tweet about this. You did. I mean, maybe person. not great, but uh, Joe Person came, came. He was like, "What will you remember?" Oh, I said, uh, "I did." It was uh, Joe Person said, "What would you remember about the Justin Houston era?" And I said, "Nothing. I forgot he was on the team." And you know what? I'm not lying. I am not lying about that. As someone who has watched every game, every snap, except for the few I've fallen asleep in a couple of times because, you know, but does a crazy long podcast that's three and a half hours that dissects everything to the end. I forget. I I don't remember seeing his number. Maybe one or two games, like seven games ago. I truly had no memory that he was on the team and not that i like oh i like for he is immemorable unmemorable i mean he has been i don't even know if he's played snaps dude i find it hilarious that he wants to go to a contender like yeah dude no shit you know what? That's what he should have done. And we should have got Melvin Ingram. We should have gotten like three other players Jadavian Clowney. Clowney's the one that Kevin's been pounding the table. I know. And he wasn't wrong. He was right. I I, I wanted, I liked Clowney. I didn't, I didn't. How about this? Would this team be notably different if we would have gone Clowney and Hopkins? Yeah. I think we're in the six. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, Frank Reich has a job. A you candy. get Clowney and Frank and and Hopkins. Frank Reich might still have a fucking Dude, career. If you did that, um, they'd timing, be hurt. timing, they'd get hurt. Oh, and then yeah, the last man. thing that I added for the. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about yeah, this. We, We're gonna have to we make have... a separate show for like the preview. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. Right? We never even get to it. No, just a uh, a couple interesting facts. Uh, after two straight seasons of playing on Christmas, the Green Bay Packers visit the Carolina Panthers. I pulled this off of a Packer website, in case you couldn't tell. Um, it ties uh, for the latest visit to Carolina, or that's for the Packer, uh, including the postseason. The Packers are 11-6 against the Panthers. Okay, the Panthers not surprising. Are, yeah, the Packers are 5-4 and four at Carolina and are looking for their first win as a road team in the series since a 30 to 23 victory in 2011. Oh, what about the year that uh Peppers ripped down the sign? No, that was uh Cam that ripped down the sign. Yeah. And then Peppers tried to take the ball away from Cam when uh, he was trying to give it okay. to uh, And yeah, so we won that game then clearly Yeah, we because... won. That was 2015. Right. 
that was when they changed the sign, uh, the 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 policy for signs in the uh, on the front row. Oh, 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 really? Yeah, What's the policy that, now? It's like you can't have a certain size uh, sign any longer on the front row. Yeah, so Tapper, bring it uh, back. Bring hey, it I'll, back. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. Because my stream yard frozen. You are frozen, but we can hear you just fine. Each of the last four games and six of the last seven games have been decided by eight points or less. The Packers have scored 24-plus points in 15 of 17 games against the Panthers in the regular and postseason game, postseason including in each of the last 10 contests. New stat for me, scoring 24-plus points beats the Carolina Panthers 100 out of... 101 times it feels like right and this top 10 defense is gonna hold this Packers offense to negative six points <laughs> hey, uh, hey by the way man hey, real quick shout out to the homie Jay Thomas with the 999 he says thanks you guys for the overtime well, we appreciate you I man. have to pee too so I am really pushing it again. And let's do this. It's the final segment of the longest running Panthers podcast. And when I say the longest running Panthers podcast, this bitch started at nine. It's 1232. We've been going for 11 years. We're about to add another show just because we can't preview the fucking game going ahead because you beautiful, beautiful people and all your beautiful calls. But now, it's time to ice some fools up. Yeah. Ice up, son. Ice up. It's the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. That's right. It's our homage to Steve Smith. No one's safe. I've iced up my wife. I've iced up myself. Maybe, well, there's one person safe. But other than that, he's not even a person. Jesus. You're right. He's not a well, person. He a he's person. more than. No, I'm Catholic. More than. But 15-year-olds in Oklahoma are welcome to be ice up. Anybody is welcome. I need one thing before I get too deep into my ice up segments. I can't remember my last one. And tell me, did I do this one? Oh, it's so gross. Not that. Did I do this one last week? Oh, no, dude. Um, oh, no, God. You, did, you did not do that one, no. Okay, well, I got a couple then. <laughs> now I got a couple. I got three, I got three of them. All right. Um, so, Aiden Mice Sarposki. What a interesting ethnic background. Aiden Maïs Saraposki is no longer employed by the U.S. Senate. The Maryland Democrats office said in a statement to NBC News on Saturday, which was first obtained by Politico, we will have no further comment. Well, Senator Ben Cardin's office has had to, <coughs> excuse me, I uh, get the sneezes when I see pictures of AIDS getting butt fucked on their on their office. 
uh, Ben Cardin had to let go of his. Dude, butt fucked is such ass. a crazy term. Why? I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's just butt fucking, dude. I don't know. Hey, really? This dude's getting smashed. <laughs> Look, oh he got God. smashed in his own sex video that his boyfriend filmed of him in his, his boss's office. Uh, but apparently that's where Sotomayor was elected to the Senate. Conduct. <laughs> How, about this? How about this? This is uh, he was he's been let he's been let go because of poor judgment. This is conduct unbecoming a Democrat. Tony, you gotta read the comment. It was butt coming. It was not unbecoming. Oh, it was butt coming. Getting AIDS. Oh my god. Oh gosh, I didn't no. say that one. I didn't say that one. All right, so that's my first ice up pick. I'm a ping pong or uh, ball sack to you. <laughs> oh, bro. So listen, hey, if um, if ever you're going to smash up someone's house and their own personal property. Uh, make sure that that person doesn't have a fucking golf cart, dude. <laughs> oh, into the fucking wall. Oh, just, oh, just like North right. Carolina, dude. Just fucking right over, dude. Oh, I love that. Hey, yeah, if you're gonna. Oh, he's underneath shit. it too. Oh, shit. Yeah, it. Look, oh, look. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's just, oh. Man. oh, you saw it just run over it there. And that dude's big too. He's sitting on that thing and letting him just oh, like yeah. Yeah, he's not getting up early. Yeah, so if you're gonna throw a rock through someone's window, dude, make sure they don't have a fucking golf cart, dude. Ice up. All right. Uh my second ice up pick. This one goes to something that uh <laughs> Panther Pickles sent out. I mean, he just tweeted it, but I got a real problem with this. Um, somewhere, and I, uh, Cam Loops, wherever the fuck this is, I don't even give a fuck where it is. Let me see. Uh -huh. A $350 per night sex doll escort. Um, <laughs> So I guess this is that these high-end sex dolls, which are wild, by the way. If you ever go Google, like, real doll or whatever, like, these, they're, like, 8000 bucks or 7000 bucks. It's fucking bananas. But it's so expensive now that you are renting the sex doll for a night. But I got yeah. Gotta believe it would be easy, cheaper to rent a real hooker, <laughs> right? Than a fucking sex doll for three hundred and fifty dollars. So my two things that there comes the ice up pick is one is you paying this much money for a rental. Do you know that in uh, when like they just first discovered the new world, basically, and like Europeans were that pineapples were so. That's why pineapples are a symbol of fucking wealth, right? Is because they were so rare and scarce. They were so expensive and they are like the fucking fruit candy of the world. 
that they used to use to have the ability to rent pineapples for parties and like you would put it out on the table and be like, I'm rich as fuck. I got a pineapple. And you see somebody being like, let's cut that bitch up. And you're like, shut the fuck. You better- no, I got to return that bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, make, uh, Thomas DeVries says, make sure you're first in line though. Right. Right. Um, the other thing <laughs> yeah. is, this, is that I think there's a refabrication company for sex dolls. Like mm. they go tune them back up. Imagine working on that. That's your job. And you work in Taiwan and you got to scoop and scrape and restore. You, you look at those people that are like, uh, art like that are that restore paintings and shit like that. And you see them out there doing all of their great work. And then you're like, I'm going to restore this fake vagina. So 900 other Jerk offs can not jerk, jerk off. off. <laughs> jerk off. Uh, that's my uh, next ice up. I got one more after that. So uh, you yeah, I got uh, I got two more. Uh, well, let me go since you guys. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. Get in there. Um, mine's just gonna be. I, I think it's. We didn't get a chance to really go into too too much depth on this. We might have touched base on it. Um, I'm not even mad about the take that he has. I just. I, I find it funny that he's the one that has oh. this take. Um, so hold on, let me present this. I'll show you guys what I'm talking about. Hopefully you guys will see it. Um, is that pretty clear? Hit control plus like four times. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. All right. Uh, All right. So Richard Mendenhall. Um, used to play for the Steelers um, back when they were like almost considered a dynasty with uh, Ben Roethlisberger at the height of their their situation. Um, and he made this uh, this tweet, and it basically says, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your goat. And essentially utilizing, saying that if you're white, you shouldn't have an opinion about football. You know. Oh, and then he went further, though. Right. Oh, he does. But oh, I didn't even see what his after comments. No, nah, I'm better than your goat. Yeah. Ah, what an idiot. And so there was obviously this had a, a there were a lot of people really pissed off about this. There were a lot of people. Some of the funniest things I've ever seen was one one comment. Somebody said, so who gets Mahomes? And somebody commented under that. Oh, that well, one that one made me trip. They said, historically, uh, they would belong to the black team. So it's not our rules. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, but nonetheless. <laughs> but- <laughs> what? See, this is this. They don't like the one. Not they. That was wrong. I should not say that. The one drop rule is like PFF. It's <laughs> like you use it when you want to and you don't use it when you don't want to. But by the way, the funny part about this, and the reason that this is hysterical coming from Richard Mendenhall, oh. is he had an incredible, inc- it was an incredibly ironic moment in the Super Bowl when he was playing the Packers. And it happened to be that this guy, Clay Matthews, caused him to fumble in the Super Bowl that cost the Steelers their championship. And they've got the receipts on it. There goes that fumble. 
and the Packers jump on it. And that led Aaron Rodgers to his first uh, Super Bowl uh, victory uh, that year. Uh, so I find it funny that one of the greatest linebackers in the entire history of the NFL being Clay Matthews, uh, you know, number specific, whether you like him or not is your opinion, um, is that he happened to be the one that was that caused him to have one of the worst moments of his entire career. Um, so uh, to, to Mendenhall, I say ice up. Uh, ice up as well. And I think this is where we have to. I don't want to but make I, I, I just want to say that uh, white team defensive front seven, bro, you could build a fucking squad, boys. You could build uh, yeah, it off. Man, like, you want to you talk about, like, we'll, like, we'll put the Bosa family out there. We'll oh, put yeah, the Watt dude. family but, out Matt, there. You got but they got, they got us beat in the secondary, bro. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. No, dude. I, I, Will Jason Compton, no, dude, what Will was his name? put out the best tweet. He was like, bro, we're going to have to play zone coverage the whole time. Dude. <laughs> like, there, is no, there is no man-to-man uh, against the black uh, receivers. I just think this is that first is I understand. I'm, I'm not going to talk. Actually, no, I'm not. But, 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 can I just say I, this? Nothing. I mean, I have a lot to say about it. I just think that oh, being dumb on the – when there's a lot of real racial shit in the world, right, that needs mm-hmm. addressing – uh, from the justice system to real to the all these different things, but I think that this type of simplicity of understanding from people sets the conversation the wrong direction. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, Ryan I, Clark for ESPN, he said the same thing. He like a lot of people. So a lot of people have been having fun with this. You know, like people have yeah. been making the, the people have been, been making the all white team versus the all black team. <laughs> and like people are saying that white people we we get to draft Puka Nakua because <laughs> uh, because let, let's be real, he wouldn't be able to say the N word, so that means he would got to be on. <laughs> that's a good that's a good yeah, line. Yeah. If you can or can't say the N word, yeah. really tells you that. Shout out to uh, uh, shout out to Will Compton. He was the one that uh, said that. He's black too, right? No, Will Compton's the guy from Busting with the Boys. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah. Um. By the way, I just now had this pop up on my Discord. Uh, apparently, Prize Picks says, "Uh, day seven of Pickmas is winter take all super flex." Um. So, anybody interested in doing that? Figured that'd be a good thing since that just dropped in twelve oh six. I wonder if they'll do like white versus black instead of goblins versus demons. Amazing. Oh, okay. Can I do my I set pick my final one? Okay. And this one just made me laugh, bro. Yeah, mine I don't even know laugh. what to ice up here. Uh, this tweet <laughs> I saw that said this is it said, always remember the tiny details of your outfit before making an announcement for, via social media. This guy just proposed to his girlfriend, obviously. So they're showing off the ring. I showed this to a few people and it took a while and they were like, uh, oh, what, like, what am I looking at? Yeah, but if you and it took me a second too, but I cued in on this. Yeah. She is wearing a bracelet that says "Come Slut." <laughs> um, and Maybe showing off her ring. So oh, I immediately tried to give them grace and go, "Maybe that's why he married her." But then I was like, yeah. "I don't think that's probably good." So, um, don't wear your cum slut. Uh bracelet when you're announcing that you're 
only one person's. But what her Guess what? You're not. You're what not. She's gonna be taking that shit off. Did you know what's hilarious? She probably like one of her girlfriends probably made that for her, and she wasn't expecting to forgot. get proposed or it's to fake. on or that shit day. Fake as fuck. All right, <laughs> that's my last ice up. Are you done, Cody? No, I got two more. Uh, two more. I gotta pee then. Go. Now, uh, it, it, it'll go fast. Uh, hey, why does anyone in the world take shots that are on fire? It seems like you deserve oh, every God. bad thing coming to you. <laughs> bye bye. Uh. <laughs> oh God, oh, dude. dude! At the end, he's like rubbing fire off the front of his face, dude. How stupid do you bye have bye. to be, man? Oh my God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh, dude, oh, it makes my butthole clench every time I watch it, dude. Oh, man, that's a rough one. Um, oh, man. God damn it. That Tony has the bladder of a little girl. I, I wanted him <laughs> to see this last one, dude. Give it a second. He'll be back. God, freaking Tony, man. Hey, when Tony comes back, you don't got to shame him. Be like, hey, man, you're not the only one trying to get out, bro. Wait, wait for a, a 20-second ice up pick. In a world where one man can't hold his bladder any longer than a man in a wheelchair. Uh, (laughs) uh, So sad. So sad. But um, fuck it. I'll just show it. And I'll show it again when Tony comes here. Um, Now, listen, whenever you're caught red-handed, it's best to get rid of the evidence. What bitch you talking about? Are you serious? Are you talking about bitch you talking about? You seen a bitch, right? Yes. I know bitch. Well, one, I'm pretty sure now after watching this again, that is probably fake, but yeah, but it has no, to be fake, dude. Uh, it has to be uh yeah, there's no way it's real, but it's still hilarious. You saw know, fucking play it anyway. Yeah, Tony, you gotta get rid of the evidence when you have an opportunity. I'm 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 the the <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck are you gonna try to play me like I would have thrown this bitch over. I would have cut the other one and thrown this man over. Look, she got a fake butt and a D under there. She got an annoying fucking voice. I'll tell you that much. All right, that's it, man. We're done. All right, this is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're here every Tuesday night, Friday night for the Friday free-for-all. Sunday's post-games. Hey, guys, we do this every fucking week, all year long. want to wish everybody a happy and Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. If you're not Christian, if you're Christian, Merry Christmas. Or you could just say this, because I was just trying to be nice about a holiday weekend and we don't got to make it too crazy. Or you can ice me up, man. Um. I love you guys on this panel. Love you boys. I love the people in the chat. Um, and I wish everybody the happiest next six days until I see you next time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cody Lack, take us out of here. Sit Nation.
Until next time, keep pounding.